Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back to the ATI podcast. Got Josh Welch, my co-host. This is Barrett, and our guest today, Mr. Jake Jackson, the babyface Jake Jackson, Welcome, making another one in. Welcome, well, sir. Good, glad to be back. Talk a little wrestling. Talk a little SummerSlam. What the hell's been going on and all that. So I'm ready. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready for my updates, boys. We're going to start things off today, kind of talking current state of wrestling, current events. Any big news in wrestling right now? Is there anything like special going on? Oh, you boys know. Huh? You know. I think uh, what Vince McMahon retired officially that's on Twitter. That, that's not that big of news, is it? Is Ric it? Flair's last match. <laughs> is it real, though? Is it real? Oh, it's real, my friend. So Vince McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, VKM, the most powerful man in wrestling, I'd say, for the last 40 years, at for least, sure. approximately. About 50 years in the business, almost to the date, because he started announcing in the early 70s. Wow. For his father's company, which was that version of the WWF at that time. Right. The WWF, right? The Worldwide Wrestling Federation. The WWW. And then, of course, Vince took it national with Hogan in the early 80s and had the first WrestleMania in 84 and all that fun stuff. So, I mean, he was really starting to near a 40-year anniversary for WrestleMania. That's crazy, man. And retired here at 77. Now, of course, we've already reported on this on the podcast before, but a lot of it has to do, you know, it's kind of amidst the, I don't, what would you even call him allegations now? Because (laughs) he's not outright denied anything. Uh, no. There's clearly NDAs, there's supported right. evidence, there's supported people and testimonies. There's some money that was moved around. As, as of right now, it seems all consensual. It's not like he was like, right, right, right. you know, being an asshole. I mean, he, morally, you know, he's an asshole for, <laughs> you know, cheating on his wife right, and right. Sure. whatnot. But uh, we all know that's a business transaction yeah. anyways, those two. Yeah. The only illegal thing, I think, is if he's using company money, right? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That and uh, secondarily in some of that second wave of a reporting that took place, you know, we alluded to it on the episode with Head. That's kind of the kind of the bad thing sometimes when you get ahead as a podcast and we had that pre-recorded before that second news broke. So yeah. we said during that podcast, we wouldn't be surprised that more came out. And sure enough, yeah, sure enough, yeah. three other incidents were reported in, uh, shortly thereafter. I mean, and it's a huge ethics issue. I mean, you're running a business, yeah. you're the yeah. head of the business and you're sleeping with people and right. NDA and people. Yeah, I right. mean, that just, it doesn't look good. Some Part of that look. second wave of reporting too was that supposedly there was an incident at which it was kind of a quid pro quo type situation right. where the woman would advance themselves in the company if they would sleep with Vince McMahon and right. they turned him down this for and that so you know yeah and then <laughs> so again ethically wrong as a company again they're a publicly traded company this happened while they're a publicly traded company right. so so maybe something there as well I don't know you know considering allegedly this person in question as well I guess, signed their NDA finally in 2018. So oh, wow. That was like 10, 10 or 12 years after the alleged events took place to okay. begin with. So so maybe he's tightened yeah. down ship 
in the we can recent get back, years. Exactly. <laughs> we can get back to the NDA thing, though, too. It's I, I don't I've never had to sign an NDA. I fortunately, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I so, so I don't have a lot of experience in that. And there's a lot of gray areas that come with NDAs. You know, right. probably more famously, people would think of the recent NDA in the news was Stormy Daniels and Trump. Right. Of course. Right. And uh, Sean Daniels. Yeah, that, that yeah, as yeah. well, which there will be plenty of NDAs signed with that, and that's yeah. still ongoing at the moment. But NDAs, they hold up to an extent, but you know, how supposedly this information leaked was other people, so other parties, people right. that were aware of what took place while it was happening. It wasn't so much that the, I guess, the receiver of the NDA money, per se, was the one who broke the stories. I got you. As far as that's concerned, too, there doesn't seem to be any type of criminality or uh, civil issue right on that side of things either so it's it's a wild time you got to think you know people with that much money that much power vince of course has always been a character on tv right so people have made a lot of assumptions about him personally because of the character that he's portrayed on tv just like anything else in the attitude era they they tried to be themselves but crank their personalities up to 11 and now people are starting to say well that was definitely going on with vince then (laughs) because he played a chauvinistic you know that was always you know a tit for tat sort yeah. of stuff with the female talent in particular. Right. But, and, you know, me and you were talking about this before, you know, regardless of what's going on with the company involving Vince and everything, there's no denying that the man played a huge role in so many people's adolescent years. Oh, there's no yes. question. Writing aside, his character aside, the business that he created and, like, the entertainment that he created for so many young people and adults. I mean, I remember sure. my dad was into it when I was younger, so you gotta take your hats off to him for what he created. I, uh, I saw a wrestling media guy. I'm not gonna to say his name because he would just crucify me online and I don't want to <laughs> feel like getting you know just if he ever heard this which I don't know ho- hopefully ATI podcast Hell yeah. but anyway Hell yeah, uh, uh, he said that this is the greatest day in WWE history I said is it really I wanted to no. say is it really though right no. I mean he's he's done I mean regardless if you like him personally or not he has done so much for the business right good right. and bad right. like Jim Cornette said right. he said he's kind of like Jesus and the devil at the same time like right. he right. killed the territories but he also afforded people a lot of money and a living and right. yeah. more money than they've ever had in their entire life. Right. And right. He made it a mega business. Yeah. I mean, you have to think about those talents that were around when they went public and right. how much money a lot of them made, you know, Jr. another oh, person yeah. that made a lot of money, you know, whenever they went public, uh, Cornette was there. A lot of people turn around and sold their stock or sold their stock before they left the company. But don't think that they didn't make a dime in doing so. Right. Exactly. Know? And their stock has been, kind of overinflated if you ever pay attention to the stock market and the values of I do. certain I'm trades. I do. I'm a crypto guy, but I, you know, I haven't really paid attention. But a lot of people have felt that they've been overvalued as it was because essentially you're funding a Playboy billionaire's retirement fund because he has majority interest, the type right. of stock that he actually holds. I think it's called like Class A or something like that. Yeah. He actually even has more power, even if there was a number, like a significant amount of people as far as a headcount was concerned that had more stock than him because of the quality stock that he had. Right. But not to mention the fact that he does have a majority too. So there's that. But now, how's that going to play out with retirement? Well, is he going to as a stockholder? It doesn't matter, right? He's, he's still he's retiring from the operations. Right. Yeah, he's still the majority shareholder. So a lot of people, you know, the IWC gets a little bit more uh, conspiracy theorist in many respects. You know, at first, a lot of people were saying that Stephanie was basically Vince's puppet, right? And right. you know, even though that even though Vince stepped down as CEO. Still yet, he was pulling the puppet strings on Stephanie and, you know, from behind the scenes and so on and so forth. But one would argue that that's, and I think it's been evident that that's not the case. Yeah. A lot of decisions have been made, personnel, 
things of that ilk. Hunter is back. Triple H is back in and that, talent relations. And that's which is a great move. And that's coming from Stephanie. Right. I got you. And they've already made a lot of different business deals and so on and so forth. You know, she and Hunter and Nick Khan, they met with a lot of the new talents that are starting, a lot of the celebrities with crossover. But, you know, Logan Paul came back. And I keep they're, they're that talking shit. to Jake Paul now. They're talking to Conor, Conor McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. Oh, my God. Pull so McGregor there's a lot of people. Even though um, he's talked shit on pro wrestling. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His whole career. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's easy. It's, it's going to be an easy paycheck. He's the, it, I think even Conor McGregor is still yet the highest paid athlete in the last three to five years, I want to say. All I know is I've seen a video that dude posted and he's got a Ferrari yacht. Yeah. And that is one of the most it's insane, crazy. unnecessary things yeah. that I've ever seen. I mean, if he does it, it's just going to be for fun and just, a, you know, a little supplemental income. Oh, hell yeah. yeah I'll, I'll watch. watch. Oh, he's oh. an entertainer. Yeah. yeah. He can talk that shit. Yeah. But Tyson Fury coming back as well. You know, it's a lot of things in the work. There's even rumors of them bringing back talent that they let go during the pandemic. Which would be great. And, you yeah, know, dude. I'd like to see faces. a lot of them as well. You know, there's a lot of people that debuted on the main roster that are, never really had a chance. They had the rug pulled out from them to begin with. Right. So Maybe they'll get their names back. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Full names and that. You Instead know. of one th- Austin Theory. theory. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> exactly. I, like, I like Austin Theory, but... Right. Yeah. Let him be Austin Theory. Yeah. Right. No question. So yeah. to say it's the greatest day in the nation and in state of pro wrestling, greatest day of WWE history, obviously is an overreach and it's ridiculous because again, getting back to Vince McMahon, he is somebody who has been just beyond I don't, I don't, a frontiersman in pro yeah. wrestling. I mean, right, how yeah. would you even, what is the moniker that he even deserves? You just know? a creator. Just man. an workaholic. Yeah. There's no, yeah. I yeah. mean, he's obviously a workaholic, but he's just no started hobbies. and done. Yeah. yeah. And what the fuck's a man going to do with his life? So, I mean, he's 77. What man. is he going to do? He's, he's just going to sit there. I, I just picture him sitting there in bed, just staring at the ceiling. Like, what am I going to do? I can't, I don't I don't like movies. I don't have hobbies. I see Vince on the phone a lot calling people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, you know, question. I mean, that was, was part of what his job or, was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Regardless if he's retired, he's still going to pull strings, probably. In his retirement statement, too, he made a comment like, I'll, I'll be watching. It's like, who gives a shit? Ooh. You're not here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was just kind of an odd statement. Yeah. You know, he's kind of an oddball. And then he said, don't forget Smackdown's on at seven yeah. o'clock. I'm like, it's what like, the fuck? <laughs> you know, he knew that that was going to leak. So yeah. he was just using it as his kind of his right. last chance to, yeah. you know, promote his product and that he still is financially invested in very deeply. You know, I think there's a lot more to come. I thought that I don't want to say in poor taste, but I mean, what what do you do? You're, what situation the WWE is in themselves? They had such a bizarre opening to Raw this week with Titus O'Neil coming out and talking about how they don't ever talk about politics or religion and that this weird. is a safe place. It was just so odd. And then I got to thinking, well, it was in Wait, Tampa was, Bay. Was he upset that it's a safe place? No, he was like actually coming out like, I don't know, trying to hype up the company. But this oh, guy okay, is kind of okay. like a brand ambassador for the company. I got you. Yeah. So he's saying global. it's a good thing. It's a safe place. Yeah. They don't. They don't. OK. I but got it's, you. it's weird that the message is coming from him because he's the same guy that touched Vince McMahon just a few years ago and got suspended and fined for doing so. And oh, shit. Got a WrestleMania payday taken away from him. So now he's licking balls after all that went down. Well, they created a new position for him in the company and he said it on air as to how much that is true but he said it's you know his greatest professional achievement is being the global brand ambassador for wwe and he does do a 
lot of good things. Right. Yes. Right. Batista, the people don't realize Batista and him are really tight. Like Batista is the godfather of all of his kids. And whenever uh, the George Floyd stuff happened, he and Batista actually had a town hall meeting with all the Tampa Bay police. That's awesome. In front yeah. of the citizens and stuff yeah. and, and talked like it was a live stream for like, I'm going to say two and a half hours. Like it, they really gave it a lot of time talking to officers and people in the community about how they could improve policing and race relations. And that's awesome, man. You know, things like that. So, but Titus, you know, I'm making that point. He's a good guy, but you know, he was, it's WWE. He was sent out there to do that. Also right. his hometown. I kind of understand why they did right. it. He's from Tampa. So right. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. He fits in get, with the community. Yeah. Hometown, hometown pop. So right. Then for Friday, Stephanie comes on, you know, mere hours after the fact that Vince has announced his retirement via Twitter of all things too, you know, he didn't even use all his characters. Cornette yeah, said, didn't even absolutely. use all his Twitter characters. I'm yeah. retiring. <laughs> and he just said 77. Wow. You know, essentially and I'm retiring. So Stephanie gets on and she's just, just wants to say thank you, Vince. I mean, I wouldn't even say she was on for three minutes at the open of SmackDown. No, and then the street profits randomly, randomly just music started playing from the crowd. Like, what? It was so bizarre. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. I think they felt a need to come in and talk about it or mention it because obviously, how can you not? It was right. such fresh news. And they did what they did on purpose. I think it was 4.30 Eastern whenever they made their announcement. So that was after the stock markets closed. So they didn't want to crash the stock going on the weekend too. Right, right. So it had a few days to, you know, for it to not drop off its track. And maybe they're just trying to, also with the allegations with Vince, maybe they're just trying to quick, like quickly go past that right. whole issue. You know what I mean? There's definitely... Uh, speculation that he obviously resigned amidst of everything that's going on that that's the reason he resigned and right right i don't know how it couldn't be but also there's talk of him preparing for criminal cases oh, shit. which i'm not there has to be more that we right. don't know right if that's the case yeah you know which you know we record this now and tomorrow there could be just a, the wall street journal could just lay some like yeah hey ma- heavy hitters on us tomorrow yeah. Yeah. it's being said that uh, hbo sports is also doing a very inv- big investigative piece too that might have some some things in it so i think it's real sports oh nice so they're gonna they do good stuff have a bit on uh, mcmahon as well and, and mcmahon hasn't had the best relationship with them in the past i mean i know more recently things have been get patched up a little bit because of bill simmons relationship and he's been given kind of car blanche yeah. at hbo sports and he did the andre the giant documentary a few years back yep if you recall and yeah, yeah. and he was involved with the uh, rick flair 30 for 30 back in the day he wanted to kill bob costas on hbo that one time oh, yeah. he interviewed him <laughs> slapped they, the papers out of yeah. his hands yeah i i obviously i think there's more news coming and hell it might beat us by the time this podcast hits the feed but we are live on twitch so thanks for anybody that's sticking with us on live on twitch we're trying to do that a little bit more so yeah yeah, yeah. and uh we we had to beat the heat our usual recording location was a little warm so that's why things are looking a little bit different aesthetically if you're with us live <laughs> at any point today so uh and also you get the director's cut whenever you join us on twitch so never forget that and Raw. You get pieces of information and conversation that don't, don't make the final cuts typically so Extended little nuggets edition. absolutely so Follow us on Twitch. The links are out there, folks. But back to the current state of wrestling. Anything on Vince McMahon's recent retirement that we glossed over by chance? Legend, icon, the most complex individual that I would love to have a conversation oh, with. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. about. I mean, as far as people in history, that he would have to be in my top ten that I'd like to sit down to dinner with. You know how you have yeah. those type of thoughts and yeah, conversations. You can't sneeze in front of him, Barrett. Oh, I know. And I'd be fucked. Yeah. Don't can't, can't sneeze in front of him. No, yeah. he's, he's like... Germaphobe. Germaphobe. He's very anti-sneezing. So like, kind of like Howie Mandel. Conveys that you don't have any restraint <laughs> yeah. is kind of what his perception is of it. Oh, okay. I gotcha. just, like he's, nobody ever gets sick. You can't be sick. 
right? You know, just ridiculous shit like that. Uh, Facial hair. Have you ever noticed why he has always been clean shaven? Like he's big on that. He's literally. I can't remember who he told. He said shaves three times a day. Yeah, can't let him win. That's what he said. Oh my god. Face whiskers. Baby face, baby. Yeah, for sure. So (laughs) he's an interesting cat. Speaking of retirements, Ric Flair's last match is on the horizon here next weekend as we're talking. So it's going to be Friday, I believe. And uh, this Friday's in Nashville. For anybody that's lucky enough to go, that's pretty uh, a pretty awesome card that they've put together. Conrad and, and David Crockett and essentially Jeff Jarrett as well have uh, really booked this live event, these matches, these talents, these venues, so on and so forth. And then they also, here in recent week or so, uh, started debuting kind of the docu-series leading up to Ric Flair's last match. And they've uh, revealed... Is that the footage that you shared here yeah. recently? Yeah, okay. So they revealed who his opponents are going to be. And a lot of people assumed Jay Lethal to start with because Jay Lethal was training with him and so on and so forth. But a lot of people were speculating, well, maybe they'll get permission from WWE, maybe one of their talents, and somebody that he can put over, uh, or put over him, that is, and give him the proper send-off or whatever the case is. So, But it uh, turns out it looks like per this heinous attack that took place in the parking lot that yeah, it's going to that's be that's what I was talking about a yeah. tag match now yeah. and it's Ric Flair with his son-in-law Andrade who's married to Charlotte Flair Ric Flair's daughter and it's going to be should have been Conrad team. that would have been hilarious <laughs> <laughs> it'd be hilarious if there's a spot with Conrad I got to thinking about that yesterday I was mowing and I was like you know it'd be real funny if they kind of work out to the crowd and they tried to slap Conrad or something and he bitch smacks Jeff the Alabama dream <laughs> yeah. baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be great but you know he's going to be Reed side, ringside. I don't know how he wouldn't be unless promoter of the year with that card. You have a little bit. You have, literally that is the best card I've I've seen all year from top to bottom because of the especially for an independent show because yeah. that's basically what it is. Right. You, you get you get everything yeah. on that card, and that's what I that's what wrestling's supposed to be to me. Not just you know either the the trampoline right. circus shit or right. Right. moldy cheese WWE just boring bland matches there's a little bit of everything right so yeah they've and to further that point they've got luchador matches they have women's matches they have tag team matches they have old school new school they have multi-generational talent matches they have a little bit more of a mma approach matches that are going to be there they have talent from all across the world they have new japan talent they have mexican talent i think impact too impact is involved as well as AEW. And technically, WWE, whenever Jeff Jarrett's involved, because Jeff Jarrett's back working at WWE. So. And he's at SummerSlam. Well, we'll talk about later. Yes. But yeah. But uh, Jeff Jarrett, so to further the point, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are tag team partners against Ric Flair and his son-in-law, Andrade. And that's going to be the main, main event. And Ric Flair is, what, 73 years old or so? I th- he's I believe. younger than Ben. Has Slightly. a pacemaker. Yeah, has oh, a pacemaker. drinking again. Yeah, he's got, he's got to which, stop. He's the nature boy. I'm not going to. I mean, yeah. If I was in front of him and he said, "Okay, we're going to go have a Long Island," right? You know, I'm going to drink a Long Island with Ric Flair. Right. Right. Absolutely, hands down. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more of a kamikaze. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Kamikaze. (laughs) You know. He just talked about how he, me, and Charles Barkley drank 13 Long Islands, and I. That's yeah. That's a funny story. So I think Ric Flair was always kind of a chameleon in the sense that he would drink with whomever, whatever they were drinking at the time too. You yeah. Know, for just sure. a big party guy. Yeah. And then by the end of the night, he's doing this and getting you drunker. Yeah. He's, he's, he mm-hmm. always finds a way to get people more, more intoxicated. Dr- yeah. Than, than they should be. <laughs> right. And there's always infamous stories of Ric Flair bar tabs and running up bar tabs. You know, one time I think famously, I think Eric Bischoff was told the story whenever they started shooting at the universal lot consistently to cut down on overhead for WCW. 
Ric Flair ran up a huge bar tab and at the last second, Eric offered to cover it. And when it came around the next day, or maybe it was that Ric Flair said he was going to cover it and he never did. And he got called from the bar. I think that's the occasion. And it was like five figure bar tab, like oh my god, ten fifteen thousand dollars, something obscene like that. How drinks for everybody? You yeah. literally have to get bottles, bottle just yeah. on bottle that's service, like yeah. It's it's even even in Vegas, that's all, you're spending a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. So it's you know the guy's legendary, his institution's le- legendary. He's perhaps the greatest pro wrestler of all time. I don't think anybody would argue that if that was your opinion and that was your stance, I mean, but it's, it's like going to be very strange. It's like a national language. I mean, you woo. And I think everybody knows what the yeah. woo Rick is. Flair, time, it. I mean. It's impulse. I right. have to at work. Yeah. You get excited it, about anything. I got to do it back. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just classic, man. I mean, if you go to a wrestling event, there's that. And then there's the Uso chant, which is kind of the modern day version of the Ric Flair. Woo. woo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, you know, you go to a wrestling event and you hear people wooing just left and right every yeah. 20 seconds. Awesome. Know, Better than the what chant. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the what was more of a rib. Yeah. You know. You're talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Well, what? it's yeah. great when Stone Cold does it, but it's done every week. Or oh, so this is awesome. It. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah, I'm tired it's of that. It's wore out at its welcome. Like, <laughs> th- there's, there's matches that warrant it. I mean, every AEW match gets this is an awesome chant, but I don't know if that's true. No, it's not for sure. You know, and and that's another thing too, and and we get we'll get into some of that as well. So, um, and I'd hate to get jump the gun, but I don't think we're really done talking about Ric Flair here. But you know, there's again a lot of AEW talent that's going to be on this show, and Drotty's one, right? But AEW right now, the current state of that, uh, I'm not real happy with it personally. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of things making TV that. Shouldn't be making TV. It quite frankly makes me embarrassed to be a wrestling fan sometimes. Just like way subpar yeah. material. Just childish humor, yeah. really. Uh, undeveloped storylines. WWE did the same thing. They would talk about how it's the shits. It's sure. They right. are doing it too much. You know, I understand that they don't have as many pay per views and they have less TV, but you don't have to have gimmick matches every single right. week. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but what do I know? And I'm using a, a lot of the same talent too. Yeah, you know? Antonio tried to. T- he was a very analytical guy. Tony Khan runs on runs and owns AEW Booker of the Year according to Meltzer and yada yada. You know, I, I roll my eyes at that. The thing, and this will tie back into the events that really was kind of the last straw for me here recently, was not even an hour I believe after Vince's retirement announcement, Tony Khan gets on and says, "Thanks all the wrestling fans try to babyface himself." <laughs> and say thanks to all the wrestling fans now i'm the longest tenured ceo in pro wrestling if it wasn't for you to uh, rampage tonight at such and such time which no one watches and yeah. it's the, one of the lowest rated network television shows that there is as oh, far damn. as wrestling is concerned yeah respectfully i'm not trying to be a jerk over here listen <laughs> and i've talked about it on the show before i like AEW. yes i want them to do well i'm rooting for them they're the little engine that could but they are targeting wwe's walmart Yeah, it's it's Walt Disney versus Warner Brothers, essentially. It's another option. Yes. However, you know, you know who the lead dog is in this situation. They've got the majority of the brands. They've been doing this longer. They know what they're doing. They're a publicly traded company, WWE. While I root for AEW, I support them no more financially. I buy more of their wrestler shirts. I buy more of their merchandise. I buy more of their toys for my son. I go to more of their shows. I buy all of their pay-per-views. WWE, you know is still the lead dog. WWE right. doesn't need my my dollar as much as AEW needs it. Right, so, right. You know, people should take that information and be a little bit more humble. 
Oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, especially somebody like Tony Khan, you know, he's got daddy's money that he's playing with. Quite frankly, and he's a mark with mark money doing mark shit. Yeah, that's all there is. Yeah, and well, they oh well, Vince didn't earn hit like, but Vince like earned all of his money from being a commentator, and I'm pretty sure he started yeah. buying like this territory or whatever he bought. They talked about I talked on a podcast yeah. like he bought this and that with his own money that he got from, and then he sold. Then he bought the WWF from his dad. Right. So like a little bit different scenario. It's not like, right. Hey, Shad, Shad Khan. Can I, was that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Can I, uh, can I start a wrestling company? Right. Yeah. It's a little different. Right. right. And again, you know, not to insinuate that Vince did, wasn't born with a silver spoon to an extent. Oh, yeah. Obviously Vince senior was wealthy and it was his promotion. And I'm sure that he wasn't sending the thugs over to VKM's house every week. If he was a day late on a payment, <laughs> you know, from buying the company from him. But yeah. nonetheless, these people are born with advantages and that's why they're in the places that they are. But it kind of gets back into that God complex where you think you're untouchable and then you're falling off the pedal stool, like in Vince's situation. Right. So. And now all these allegations are popping up. Right. And, right. and to get back into Ric Flair in particular, of course, some of the black mark on him recently, quite frankly, is the dark side of the ring episode that took place. About the plane ride from hell and him allegedly you know, going after a flight attendant. Oh, shit. And the WWE having to pay out a settlement to her, showing his hog meat to her and hel- giving her the old <laughs> helicopter. So. Yeah. That was, uh, but I, I've known about that before, Dark Side of the Ring, to an extent. Like, yeah. I mean, so it, it I thought was it was—I thought it was like well, knowledge that he was—that he. I mean, it's terrible what he did. But it was the first time on recorded media okay. like that. So there was a lot of people talking about it. At yeah. Conrad would hold a special event where they do the live podcast that don't make air essentially. Mm-hmm. Like things like that were revealed at those. Yeah. Deals that they would have, you know, whether it was with Bruce Bruce Pritchard, he does them, you know, with not so much anymore, obviously. But does them with Eric Bischoff, does them with Jeff Jarrett, you know, those live chats that they do whenever they come to your city to in front of a wrestling event, they are talking about things they can't record on the podcast because right, of liable right. laws and threat of being sued okay. and so on and so forth. Yeah. But I I remember hearing about that before Dark Side of the Ring, like, you know, especially all the other stuff that happened, Michael Hayes getting his hair cut off. Yeah. Or, or pissing yeah. on somebody or whatever he did. Or- yeah, the plane ride from hell is infamous, and a lot of people have talked about it. You know, there was a lot of talent that didn't stay in WWE for very long, too, like a Just Incredible that was on Scott Hall, the plane, and did many shoot interviews after the fact, you know. So there's a lot of information out there with that, and, and we've pumped up Dark Side of the Ring before. But, of course, that's the black mark on Ric Flair right now. Is lot, That's kind of fresh in people's memory. But, again, it doesn't change. This is where it relates back to Vince and vice versa doesn't change what he's done for the industry, who he is, the right. talent that he is, the types right. of matches that he's had, the promo that he is, how he's permeated culture in yeah. general. You know, say, Ric Flair think, drip. Yeah. You can not You can ask anyone around here who he is, and I guarantee you they can tell you who he is. Absolutely. <laughs> so that should it, just he he goes across all ethnicities as far as fandom. Right. You know, he's got such a deep roots in the hip-hop community even right now. With the, you know, He's been in rappers' videos, and he's on... Car shield commercials, you know, everybody sees those. Oh, those are tough to watch, oh, though. Oh, man. They are. He can't even yeah. hardly talk and have them. <laughs> yeah, it's well, like he's, he's probably fucking lit. or something. Yeah, he's probably fucking lit in them for sure, but nonetheless. That's the only way I can describe how that dude talks. It sounds like he's swallowing his teeth when he talks. A little bit, yeah. It's it's hard to see your hero's age. Yeah. The, the video the other night of him doing squats, and he's like, fuck you, pussy. Fuck yeah. you, pussy. Yeah. Ah, all right, I'm going to the bar now. Or whatever he said. Talking about Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, for the sure. Best. Yeah, and, and getting back to that, they've done a masterful job, I think, with this angle. 
building it up, talking. And so on my world podcast, Jeff Jared with Conrad on Conrad's network, they this week spent literally two hours hyping up this Ric Flair retirement match essentially because the episode was supposed to be about Ric Flair. Timing was perfect. And I think they even spent maybe like the first 30 minutes just strictly talking. Did you hear the yeah, last I, episode? I, and yeah. He's, and then are you, and Conrad's like, are you, are you proud of yourself or yeah. you know, Conrad dude, Conrad can sell. Yeah. You know, he, he can work, man. Yeah. yeah. He's got it. Yeah. Absolutely. With what limited time that they've had with, with limited resources, they've definitely made the best of it. They've definitely stretched their dollar. Jeff Jarrett, as well, being involved has has helped him out a lot. You know, even though he is in WWE, which is going to transition later into our SummerSlam talk, you know, he's kind of the head of events, live events right now for WWE. That's his actual, he is an executive in WWE. And not only that, but he's doing some on-air stuff on SummerSlam weekend as well. So, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I'm probably going to buy the pay-per-view. I haven't even looked at how much it is, but speaking of pay-per-views, we've got uh, Ring of Honor took place last night. Death Before Dishonor. Still have not watched. And uh, it's I can already tell you there's early reviews in, and FTR and Briscoes did it again. It was one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. Wow. And I'm a big rock and roll, midnights type feuds, you know. Um, it doesn't get much better than that. You know, four horsemen, people like that, people that are ring generals, ring masters, could have a, you know an excellent match. Uh, with anybody a broomstick, in fact, but FTR is one of those types of talents. They're one of the best technical teams that's ever wrestled, and they're they're just right in the middle of their greatness. Best in the you know? world right now, I right. think. I, I agree, and I think sooner rather than later they have to have you had those AEW tag straps back on them. So they're in AEW, of course, and with Tony actually owning Ring of Honor as well, there's talk of Ring of Honor getting their own TV deals, and they've been holding pay-per-view events. I think this is their second now since Tony's owned them. And uh, last night they really put on a good show. It was one of the better crowds that I've seen. And it was actually probably the best pro wrestling card as far as matches were concerned and quality of matches. Uh, Serena Deeb had an amazing match with uh, Martinez last night. And uh, for the uh, Ring of Honor Women's Championship, that was one of the best women's matches I've probably seen since Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. It was excellent. There was just a lot of good quality matches last night. And, you know, if Ring of Honor keeps it up and they're going to have those types, I mean, that's going to be my promotion to follow going forward if that's the case. There's a lot of Bush League shit going on in AEW as far as I'm concerned right now. You know, I'm tired of seeing the dork order on TV. They're a big waste of fucking time, a waste of fucking air. Jericho Goat. I mean, he's got to be, he's on, I certainly wouldn't turn anybody down with him being on their Mount Rushmore as far as talents are concerned. You talk about the reinvention that he's becoming famous for, you know, it's, it's epic, quite frankly, a guy who was quote unquote undersized, got himself over in a big man's industry. Undersized. I still wouldn't fuck with that dude. No, no. no he's, he's jacked. Or, <laughs> I mean, right. politics aside, How old is he? 50? he's still yeah. a fucking boss. He's yeah. in his fifties. He's and, 51 or 52. And he looks fantastic. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he's actually even gotten in better shape recently too. And right. He's yeah, he, had a pul- he had a pulmonary something, one yeah. of, one of, whatever that's called. Like he had a, bad health issue that's fucking scary this, and over doing a Fozzie show in london had to like cancel yeah. shows and damn what, what, uh, embi- yeah, I, um, uh, pulmonary i can't speak. embolism yeah he had embolism. one of the whatever that is that's yeah. basically like uh like where you burst a blood vessel isn't it i think it is but yeah. in your lungs i guess pulmonary? yeah that's what it yeah. was yeah. yeah yeah he looks great right now but i could give two shits less about jericho appreciation society it's right. just a reinvention of the former gimmick in some respects, lesser than talent that's not over yet. You know, quite frankly, I'm tired of seeing a Jake Hager. Doesn't do much for me. I, I liked him better like in WWE. I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. 
Well, I like I mean, the we the people shit way Dutch better behind than, him. Yeah. You know, somebody that could talk. Jericho, I will always love. One of my favorites of all time. And I hate it pains me to say this <laughs> respectfully because I have a lot of respect for him. But I have almost hate, disliked, I don't want to say hate, everything he's done in AEW. Largely. For the most part. The first like first year. few months. The first yeah. like year yeah. before the COVID like when when there was really like he was the top guy positioned right. as the world champion and right. had his match with Cody and now do you think that has a lot to do with AEW like with the writing and who's running it or do you think I think it's definitely a factor and he's just kind of that's a part of it so it's pretty well known that AEW while Tony tries to talk himself up and be this great booker and come up with all these ideas and angles the wrestlers are left to do what they want to do largely especially Chris Jericho you know he oh, has right like he's, he's not going to come in and be like oh, I'll do whatever you want. I'm gonna, he's going to come in and say, I'm going to do what I want to do. There's been more misses than hits, <laughs> right. you know, with him in particular. You know, the, the only people that are having their complete creative free reign, free reign and have knocked it out of the park almost every time as an MJF, is a CM Punk, right. is a, a Brian Danielson. Would you say Wardlow, except for lately, has had free reign? Cause Ever been since great. everything with MJF, he's Wardlow been stuff's terrible. been floundering, and it's not his fault. It's what he's been given. It's who he's been given to work with, what he's been told to do. I was so infuriated with the Orange Cassidy match. But that well, went on for 15 minutes, I believe. It shouldn't have to. been a... <laughs> it should, my thing is... It should have been 90 seconds max. He whooped tw- uh, like 30 security guards exactly in two right. minutes. Exactly right. And But one guy... Scorpio Sky was the TNT champion, and he got less time. Half the time. Than which I think Scorpio Sky is a really good wrestler. Fifteen minutes. And Orange Cassidy, who doesn't doesn't have a title, wasn't those like twenty security guards Wardlow was fighting off. Might be one hundred and seventy pounds. So yeah, had had a fifteen minute like. It's just bad writing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand it, but, you know. And their versions of promos and shit, too, is pre-tapes in the back that are 15 seconds long that people are constantly interrupting each other and running in on each other. And well, that's wrestling in general. WWE, yeah. you, you know, when well, you go to the ring. WWE, at least there's, I mean. Music's dropping. For better or for worse, <laughs> there is there is a bigger attention to detail to story, whether you like it or not. You know, kind of connecting the dots, if you will. They show every week you are getting a refresher on where the angles are at with everybody. Yes. You know, it is very episodic. Best thing. packages in the business. So right. Yes. They do do a lot question. of good production, too. Whereas AEW, if you miss one thing, you are out of the loop. Right. And, yeah. and even a That's lot of it's so hard for me because I'm in Oh, you didn't watch Dark last week? You exactly didn't watch right. Being the Elite on YouTube? Right. I'm like, no, because exactly no one right. fucking watches it. Right. That is not a hardcore fan. And the Young Bucks are another <laughs> team that I've, you know, after hearing more and more of the backstage politics and them button heads with... FTR in particular, like, I don't know how you can't get along with FTR. I don't know how you can't recognize the talent that FTR is. Because FTR is getting more, getting more popular than they are. They have raised the bar in everything that they've ever done, everything that they've ever touched. They've Pushing made the everybody limits. better. They, I mean, they were already great, but really, whenever they started to have creative free reign for themselves and the promos that they started to cut and this and that... FTR has raised the bar quality-wise in the tag team division in every single company that they've been a part of. And they've been a part of AEW, ROH. They've had matches on indie shows and so on and so forth, and they've just knocked it out of the park every time. Yeah, The Young Bucks have not improved. The Young Bucks have not gotten any better. It's the still Young the Bucks same thing that they're giving have their you. fucking routine that they do. Yeah. 
It's the same match they have with everybody all the time. What is Nick Jackson going to do as soon as he fucking tags into it? I can't even tell him which one is which. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't (laughs) know which. No, but like. Balding Buck and. (laughs) Yeah, no, Road Warrior Buck, but like, I really can't. I don't know who's who. Well, Matt's the shorter one with darker hair, and Nick is the one who does more Lucha, Lucha Libre moves. Okay. And so the one that always does the Northern Light, Northern Light suplexes is Matt. Okay. The, they they both do the same stuff for me. They both <laughs> just the, turn off the television. The same fucking person. <laughs> they're, they're great heels. Like last summer, I'll say, was like when they were wearing the earrings and yeah. uh, Kenny Omega with Don Callis. Like I thought it wasn't terrible. Like they were doing their job of pissing me off right for but, sure um i've never understood why but it at they, some point it became go away heat. yes i don't understand why they are the the it team to some people i don't get it they're internet darlings that's don't part get of it. it the iwc right. is a minority but it is a loud minority oh yeah that that's that they i'm gonna be honest with you what if they had twitter during ecw Oh God! They probably made me would hate ECW because yeah. they were like a, they would be an internet wrestling type right. promotion now for sure. sure. Twitter is just, but it was different know. times too. And yeah. e- I, ECW was actually cool. Well, they actually had storylines. <laughs> yeah, you know, there was actually like good promos being cut. You yeah. know, by other than two. And or they three just times. didn't have garbage. Ma- I know it's known as Extreme Champion, but they had real matches too. Like, did they have un- unnecessary and gratuitous violence and and a lot of blood? And sometimes the psychology was a little off. Yeah, but I could, I would put it up against anything. AEW Give the does people what they want, man. Exactly. Give the people what they want. And the one night stand, even though it's WWE affiliated, the one night, the first one night stand, excellent. One of my one of the best pay per views I've ever seen. I've Lance Storm and Chris times. Jericho. Yeah. It's like an eight minute match, but they. It's a solid match. Yeah, absolutely. Beat the tar out of each other, huh? I love that. But there's a lot of stuff in more present day, you know, product with AEW in particular where they've, they have leaned into quote unquote the garbage matches a little bit too much. The gimmicks, as you mentioned earlier, it's like every week, sometimes multiple times a week. I'm really tired of seeing people go through tables on AEW every week, at least once somebody's going through a table and it's. And it's, it's like, usually poorly done. Table this week, boys. You know? <laughs> I am a contradiction, though, but seeing it live, Dynamite, even though it happens all the time, it was see, the young, but that whatever tables match they had right. was cool to see live. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I, but I don't give, like, if I wasn't there, I wouldn't have watched it. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Seeing those things live, they are a spectacle and they are worth seeing. So I will say that, uh, you know, it's kind of a caveat, if you will, but. Even if, you know, garbage matches are shitty, if you can see them live, and especially if they fight into the crowd near you, it's it's kind of a part of the experience whenever you go to a live event, you know, but it doesn't play as well on TV as it does in person. You know, some things I found interesting, too, and, and WWE's allegedly been guilty of this, piping in crowd noise and things over the years, and especially recently, since pandemic and everything else. But I watched that St. Louis show that happened a couple months ago that you went to, and my wife and my son went and here at the house, I was watching it live. We talked back and forth. How did it play live in the crowd? Because on TV, they tried to make it look like the whole Wardlow security guard thing went well. But Pam was telling me like, because of how sloppy the security guard shit was, it like kind of sucked the air out of the room. Like people weren't, it wasn't as over with the crowd as you thought it would have been. And it definitely seemed more exciting on TV. So than they it played it was. up. They played it up. So, well. but they shoot around and mic stuff at wrestling shows. They know what they're right, doing. Right, right. You know, when it comes to good that production, and it wasn't a sellout either. I mean, there was a there was a good crowd, but it wasn't a sellout. No, I thought it was. I thought you know, AEW throws that term sellout around like, oh, this is a sellout. You know, right. But it's hard to get. It was a Wednesday night. Right. 
Cardinal game was going on. Right. Like, it's, you know, I'm not going to crucify. And let's be honest, wrestling's been, we'll talk about that later, but probably, but wrestling's been a little snake bit with the top guys on both sides being out right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We've talked about it the last time we've touched on pro wrestling as well, but CM Punk, Brian Danielson's out right now. They did just announce that next week Brian Danielson's coming back, so I was happy to see that. I believe he's wrestling Daniel Garcia. He's he's oh. back next week? Yeah. Okay. They just announced it on Rampage. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I, they might have actually promoted it on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view because they were promoting all the AEW events coming up. Okay. Who was uh, who was commentating last night? Uh, Ian Riccoboni as well as uh, Caprice Coleman. Okay, so, yeah, but, and but then, Caprice Coleman apparently is really good he's from a what I've heard. badass. Yeah. Yeah, they are, I wish they were announcing... That's another thing with AEW that I just almost can't stand is announcing anymore. Except for Taz. Taz, Taz. is great. Taz is great. And I, I love don't. Tony, but he's, I think it's from him being he's out of the business. He's better a stand-up interviewer. He's, it's from him also being out of the business for so long. I think yeah. that it's just like, it's still, I, see, I think he's still getting used to. What know, I always liked about him in WCW was his stand-up interviews. And whenever, you know, he was in the ring with the talent, you know, and I know Gene did that a lot, me and Gene. But Tony started to do it toward the later years, too. And Tony did a lot back in the JCP days as well. A lot of the stand-up interviews whenever they're shooting at the studio and all that stuff for the NWA and yada, yada. But I think that's more of the role for Tony right now. I love JR, greatest of all time. I wish he was my family member. I wish but he I narrated have to be my life. <laughs> I have to be honest. He needs to go. He needs to be behind the scenes. Producer producing the announcing talent. Maybe one match for a pay per view. Because he's too crotchety whenever he announces and he pokes holes in all the shit that's going on and makes his sarcastic ass comments. Can we talk about the greatest moment, one of the greatest commentary moments in AEW history this week, where he started quoting Jade Cargill? You know, Jade Cargill yeah. goes, I'm that bitch. And yeah. JR's like, I'm that bitch. I I'm that bitch. That. I'm like, dude, yeah. this is incredible. Yeah, that was great. Wrestling is a work. Or right? when JR, uh, you can tell he's not a big fan of the match. He says, this is a this is a Styles clash right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or something it's, like this that. This is bowling shoe ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which back in the day, he used to use that term for like brawls. But now he's using that term for like this match is the shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he's kind of shitting on the product. Tony constantly, that's right, Excalibur. That's right, Jim. That's yeah, kind of his line answer, on commentary. Man. And Excalibur, I'm so tired of him talking like he's fucking running out of breath constantly or he's about to have a fucking panic attack. Like, he almost gives me a panic attack. <laughs> and people shit on Michael Cole? <laughs> oh, my God. I think God. Michael Cole is way better oh, than Excalibur. It's not even a fucking competition. You know, and that's another thing I see changing, not necessarily real quickly with AEW, but they have made some changes. Instead of JR being on for two hours of Dynamite and then not on Rampage, now they've bled him over because they usually do back-to-back taping. So what will happen is is that JR will come out at the 8 o'clock hour, stay on the desk, and then whenever they go to record uh, Rampage in that last hour at the live event, JR is on that feed now. So the familiarity of JR's voice on the air crosses both brands, both right. networks. It's on TNT and TBS. He doesn't sound so burnt out as much on the Dynamite show especially as the time goes on. So I, I think that that has made a difference in Taz being on everything has improved it. You know, JR obviously gets along with Taz. I, JR has said on his podcast and things like that, that he is, a, does like quote unquote Mark or Excalibur. That's his actual name, Yeah, but that they've become friends and that sort of thing. And he's, and he's kind of mentored him and what have you. But, and Tony hired JR and told him, this is, this is who you are. You will, Teach Excalibur to be the next play by play guy. Yeah. You know, you will be patching, passing the torch to them. That's what I'm hiring you to do. Yeah. You know, everybody has their roles. 
Excalibur's not going anywhere, but I just can't get over that the announcing too is the big thing I got an issue with. You're supposed to know all these Japan guys, which you know I, I'm aware of New Japan. Talent. Oh, the dynamite when it's live. I was a little had a few uh, cocktails and uh, I was definitely like, "Who the fuck is this?" Yeah, when Jet right. like, dude, I was pissing some people off, not on purpose, like at the St. Louis show that you were like, at. "Who?" Yeah. I and and Derek, love you, love you, Derek, but he's like, "This is this, this is this guy." I'm like, dude. I don't watch Japanese wrestling. I'm not, I've never yeah. been into it. Right. Nothing against it. Oh, just yeah. not yeah. my not my flavor. Right. So right. yeah, different strokes for different folks. And the, all these people are going crazy. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> and how am I? Why am I supposed to like them? Right. Right. It was also talked about that the the worlds collide or whatever the hell they called it, the New Japan uh, crossover promotion that they did. What was that called? You remember? Uh, Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door. Yeah, that's right. So Forbidden Door. There was a lot of talk about the success that it was, and I'm sure that as far as pay-per-view buys and money that they made globally, it probably did come out of profit in that regard. However, there was no story told. They didn't tie in the two promotions. People just randomly showed up. They had last-minute travel issues, last-minute COVID issues, where some of the talent that was announced for the card couldn't make it. They were really banking on CM Punk and Brian Danielson to be on there, and they weren't, and just a lot of things fell through. Really, the only good that came of that pay-per-view was Claudio Castagnoli uh, debuting the former Cesaro. And, uh, FTR the match. had a great match, too. And FTR had a good match as well. But a little squirrely with Dax getting hurt, taken to the back, coming back on that. But nonetheless, uh, you know, those were, from my understanding the, and most people's consensus, the only two things worth watching on the thing. So to call it a success, I would not. Yeah. You know, there was no story leading up to it. Give me a reason to care. Right, right. Give me something real, like an ass with some stretch marks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I definitely know what you're saying. Yeah. That's one thing that's lacking in all promotions, though, today is making people care. Right. right. I, I'm, I, it's like I tell people, I'm like, I, there's not one promotion that I think's perfect. I pick certain people to watch every week. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I got Cody Rhodes shirt on. I'm obviously very bummed that he's not wrestling right now. Right. right. I love like AEW. I lo- I watch for the acclaimed, the Gun Club, yep. MJF. Who's yep. I don't know what they're doing with that at this point. <laughs> Wardlow. Like, there's just certain guys. I don't. At this point, I don't watch for the promotion anymore. Right. You're there to see what entertains you. Yes. Or you know, I'll I'll still tune into the other stuff and hopefully, like, believe it or not, the Luchasaurus Christian stuff. Yeah, kind of enjoying the new Luchasaurus, but they're already fucking that up. Yeah, they turn. They made. I kind of liked Luchasaurus as Christians. Like, hey, go beat the his monster. Go beat the shit out of this guy. You know. Right. Yeah, but right. they've already kind of right screwed this, that up. With this last dynamite, Jungle Boy came back, and Luchasaurus immediately allowed Jungle Boy to go after Christian and didn't defend Christian. I don't know if that was just a filler until you know Tony knew that he had CM Punk coming back, Brian Danielson coming back. You know, eventually working back into the MJF angle, right? Whatever the case is yeah. with all of that, what the motivation—that's the only was. thing that makes sense to me. This is me purely speculating, but why they would just flip flop? You know, Luchasaurus is going to turn into the next fucking big show. Just flip flop, heel face, back and forth if they ain't careful. And he's barely tolerable as it is, anyways. He's a big guy who thinks he needs to do all the fucking lucha moves. He's literally the biggest guy, other than perhaps Lance Archer, that they have in the entire company. Like mass wise, height wise, big old dude trying to do like, he's like fast six, moving seven. flips. It's like he's literally has Hulk Hogan's stats in right, size right. and stature, 
and he's out there fucking doing moonsault standing backflips and <laughs> fucking dropped kicks and you know it's just it's ridiculous yeah and he's got to do his fucking as gymnastics routine as they say yeah you know all the flipping and shit yeah and wait for 10 people on the floor to huddle up so they can catch him whenever he fucking the worst spot the in wrestling absolutely yeah. the worst yeah. spot in wrestling my biggest complaint and I think that Jake and I talked about it in the past was whenever I got back to watching WWE was the ring post spot. Constantly. That was terrible. Everybody was hitting it. That was the transition spot for commercials. Like 2016 WWE was so heavy. Without a shadow of doubt, somebody hits the ring post, they roll out, they take a powder, commercial break. Almost every single match. Yeah. I will say they've kind of gotten away from it, but now kind of the new version of that is what we're just talking about now is taking the shit outside the ring, especially in AEW. If they're going out of the ring, they're going to commercial break more than likely. But it's hard to say because they go out of the ring in every single fucking match. They go out of the ring multiple times in every single fucking match. Right. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Right. So it's not like a cliffhanger exactly. or anything exactly. anymore. How about we have a match inside the ring? Why do we have for once? This is the reason that John Cena and AJ Styles... I believe it was Royal Rumble. Which didn't get five stars. In 2017. Wow. Which is one of the best matches of the last is, 10 years. Yes, without question. One of my favorite, definitely top five matches in the last 10 years. They stayed inside of the ring the whole time. And when you were done watching it, you didn't notice it. Because you were like, man, this match felt different for some reason. It felt more like an athletic competition. Right. They never left the ring once. Wow. Kept it old school. Yeah, like his used to. You and throw somebody out of the ring, it was a disqualification. Right. Oh, yeah, I remember they would count you. They'd yeah. They'd be like, one, two, yeah. yeah. Well, they, you know, they still do that to an extent, but was, that was literally a part of the rules. If, if you, you threw, threw somebody over the top, yeah. Over the top oh, rope. Oh, they would disqualify you. disqualify you from the match. Okay. It was a disqualification, yeah. Because, you know, they wanted stories told in the ring. They wanted people to chain wrestle. They wanted the people to actually have, grab a hold. You know, have a real competition inside the ring. Right. You know, Bill Watts infamously, that was how he ran his territory. But even when he came in and took over WCW briefly before Eric Bischoff had control of it, that was the big creative change that they made. Didn't go over so well because it was already almost the mid-90s at that point. But that was a rule that he implemented right away, and it cut the feet off of a lot of talent and got a lot of resistance and didn't really get a lot of ball players. Right. Getting to things that we like in in wrestling, Jake mentioned this earlier, Cody. So we haven't really had a detailed conversation since our WrestleMania episode, but Cody, of course, was the guy who debuted as Seth Rollins' opponent at WrestleMania. Seth Franklin Rollins. Yeah, (laughs) Seth Franklin Rollins. And it was very well received. Everything Cody did after the fact was very well received. He had three bangers of a match. Last one being Hell in a Cell with a torn peck. Best match of the year. Yeah. Yes. I seen that shit. It looked brutal. It's amazing. and looked <laughs> fucking horrible and still had one of the best matches that you'll see yeah. in modern and recent history. Except for that stupid red cage. I want the steel, you know, That's like... That's how I it know. goes now. But though. anyway, yeah. yeah. Big giant red cage. Yeah. And it's it's ridiculous, but it's it's all a part of merchandising. Right. So they can sell red cages to little kids. In their little plastic wrestling right. rings. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's all... Everything WWE is cal- does is calculated in that way. Now, I think... I think... Not to say that they still won't do that to some extent, but there's not going to be as much of a focus going forward, I believe. Right. With new heads of state, if you will. So, Stephanie, don't get me wrong. She's her father's daughter. She's going to have an an eye for the business. And, you know, she is co-CEO with Nick Khan. But Nick Khan's more of the, I'm going to go talk to this network. I'm going to go talk to this talent. I'm going to go negotiate this agreement with this streaming service. 
Stephanie's more of the wrestling end of it. Right. You know, Nick Khan has those connections with networks and things of like that. And she's more the the people person. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she was brand ambassador or she was a people chief power. brand officer yeah. before. <laughs> right. <John Lornight. laughs> Stephanie's her father's daughter in many respects. And if they leave the wrestling business to the wrestling people, the Stephanie McMahons, the Hunter Hurstelmsleys, the Shawn Michaels, they'll do just fine. Going forward. What's old Brucey going to do now? <laughs> a lot of speculation that his power is going to be cut back. His talents are going to be cut back. Stephanie famously fired Bruce. I know. Bringing a gun on, to work. Yeah. He had a gun on the airplane. Yeah. Uh, and his baggage. Well, and I mean. Told writers about it or something and somebody reported him and snitched him out and that was that. Yeah. And he's so. known for being Vince's like. Yes, man. Lap dog. For sure. Like he is on, on the, which I didn't know this when I started, you know, we both have been, used to be huge something to wrestle with fans. Right. And it's nothing against Conrad or Bruce. It's just that Bruce has zero time and right. Conrad does 10 podcasts now. It's kind of <laughs> hard to record all the time. Yeah. And before, like when I started watching, I thought Bruce had the coolest podcast. Like he had the most popular podcast at yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I realized, I started getting on the internet, internet Twitter, and I'm like, dude, people fucking hate Bruce for some reason. Right. <laughs> Everybody on Twitter hates everything. They just everything, said though. that he is the artful dodger. Brucey, uh, uh, he talks about being up Vince's ass. And, right. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, I didn't know he was that hated. Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. Well, you know, I think Bruce obviously has his strong suits. He went to do things after the fact. He had some runs in Impact post-WWE. He worked with MLW, where he was relatively critically applauded, but he was just producing talent in the back and giving recommendations and helping run their shows. And MJF sort of and Riddle. I think he kind of, like, Absolutely. helped Riddle get to WWE. Like, There's he no definitely, question. He, rec- he, he was talking about Riddle in 2017, like, right. before, he was, before he was even relevant. They yeah, were asking for sure. Bruce who the next big talents were going to be, and those were two of the names that always came up was MJF and Riddle in particular. And he was working with them back in the day, back in MLW. For all the shit that people like Bruce get and other people in the WWE, back to the conversation earlier, they didn't get to where they are today without making some sound business decisions. Right. Some sound talent decisions. Some of the biggest people ever in business are synonymous with WWE. Hence my shirt I'm wearing right now, Stone Cold Steve oh, yeah. Austin. Still a legend. You know, one of the best, absolutely. <laughs> you know, when it comes to selling merch, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, Bruce. NWO. The one that reached out to Cody to come back, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, Cody, back to Cody too. You know, he's injured out, injured right now, so that's another injury we can add to the list of people that we were watching, entertaining. Randy Orton. Hoping for Randy Orton. Absolutely the best all-around professional wrestler. If you need him to be babyface, if you need him to be heel, he can do both and do them both well. Uh, once in a generation talent, third generation talent. You right, know, right. What, what else can you say about grew, him? Grew up the Viper, the, the legend killer. Uh, he has the line of the year for me in promos. It was a SmackDown, I believe, or a Raw. He said, you know, because I kind of was enjoying the feud they had with the Usos. Yeah. You know, FTR is number one, and I think the Usos are right behind them. Yeah. Or if not, top five for, you know. Yeah. Randy Orton said, it looks like the big dog let his bitches off the leash. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the best lines it's in sure. a promo I've heard this year. Yeah, that's a good one. I actually kind of liked Montez's Ford's uh, promo this uh, last week on SmackDown, which I think he is. Oh, he should be by himself. Yeah, he should be a single star. He's got some of the best charisma of any wrestler in the last 10 years, in my opinion. And without question, I can see the makings of a Dwayne Johnson 
Oh, right the Rock. There, the the Rock has gave him the rub already. I mean, the Rock's talked about him on Twitter. Yeah, you know, the biggest person in all of entertainment. Speaking of which, the Rock's kicking off Shark Week tonight. I know, dude. Have you seen and those trailers? Yeah, I'm watching it. My wife's fucking drooling over every single one of them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and uh, speaking of the Rock too, SDCC this weekend, and the big new Black Adam trailer came out, and a lot of speculation that. Henry Carville might be returning as Superman and going across both brands, both Shazam and Black Adam. And, uh, That'd be so, wild. But The Rock's the biggest guy in, in the entertainment industry, you yeah, know? And I agree. And he got to where he is today because of WWE. And he's got the XFL coming up. Yeah. Which, aren't they supposed to announce today the teams? New teams, yeah. Like, no. for sure, the Some, cities? Or yeah. is it next week? They already announced all the head coaches, their staffs. I'm curious to see who's the St. Louis coach. My my money's on Jim Hazlitt, maybe. You think? Yeah, because he has former experience. Yeah, with, here. The, with the Rams. With the Rams, yeah. he yeah. was a defensive coordinator. We need a we need an ATI podcast, r- Battlehawks. Oh game, fuck vlog, yeah. We are going. Whatever. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. XFL 3.0 making its official launch today by announcing their eight cities. Let me pull them up. Here we go. Well, we're gonna talk about it as well. I mean, I know it. we're talking about wrestling, but the Rock. Right? Well, it goes hand in hand <laughs> yeah. because Vince started the XFL. He sold it to the Rock. A lot of speculation that WWE was making moves toward a sale as it was, anyways, for the last couple of years. And one of those names that's been bantied about, perhaps, is the Rock taking over WWE because he has a relationship with Nick Khan and helped that Nick Khan situation. They were childhood friends. And so Nick Khan has been a power player, power broker here in the last three years or so in WWE in particular. Hired him a little bit before the pandemic. He he actually was key in the Fox deal. He was actually an agent working in Hollywood and got the WWE and Fox deal for SmackDown to be on Friday nights. So, you know, he, there's there could be worse things than the Rock owning WWE, in my opinion. Oh, oh I, yeah, I don't. Sure. I'm pro Rock. 100% for right. everything. Right. A lot of talk was it was going to be more of an NFL approach, too. So there was speculation that Jeff Bezos and The Rock were going to go in together on it. And it was going to oh, put, be on put Prime. Put that fucking money behind it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I mean, who's got more money than Jeff Bezos? Right. Just very few people in the Musk, world. Elon maybe. Musk is about it. All right, but this is according to the XFLnewshub.com, the eight cities that were announced. The primary league headquarters will be in Dallas, with the remaining seven will being Houston, Seattle, San Antonio, D.C., Las Vegas, Orlando. In St. Louis, hell yeah! So battle the Hawks battle motherfucking Hawks, are back. baby, hell Kaka. yeah! Call, we are going to Kaka all the way to St. Louis oh, and Kaka all the way back. Absolutely, I've been dying because like. No disrespect for the soccer. We're getting we get a soccer team. And MLS. Like, I'm pumped yeah. for that. It's yeah. cool. The stadium looks <laughs> like, great. Dude, like football is like number one. And I was the biggest St. Louis Rams fan. Right. And yeah. like I root for other teams now, but it's like I'm missing. That, right, yeah. That, it's like, that was part you know, of our culture. Yeah, yeah. Even though we saw sports but, town. Yeah. yeah. For my, like, growing up, like, you guys got to witness the greatest show on turf. Right. And Which was I was crazy. a baby when that <laughs> happened. So. Right. Yeah, I'll never forget those days, man. I'll never forget whenever the Rams played the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship. Yep. We still had a Grandpa Pigeons. Yep. They had a Buccaneers shirt for like six bucks you got that, that I begged baby. my mom to get. I got it. I wore it upstairs, and my dad banned me to the basement. <laughs> During the NFC Championship You said it was a game. Buccaneer shirt? Yeah. I was not allowed to wear the Buccaneer shirt. Your dad's like, get your all. ass downstairs, yeah. boy. How dare you? And I watched the whole NFC Championship in my basement. <laughs> For and my dad shirt. watched it upstairs. Oh, was and he I a big could, Rams fan? Oh, yeah. He yeah. was all about Greatest Show on Turf, Kurt Warner and his Vault. religious bullshit, and yada, yada. And he was watching every game. And it was, this was the first year I really, I mean, I'd watched NFL in the past, but this was the first year I watched every single game that was on right. TV that I wanted to watch every mm-hmm. single week. So I was like in sixth grade when this happened. 
And I remember, you know, just how ecstatic he was. And whenever the Super Bowl came around, I I really didn't care. I was kind of pro Rams at that point, but you know, well, it was just it was funny because by association, it was really, it was so right. nobody gave a shit about the Rams for years. Though this is my right, problem with it. Right. It's St. Louis became a bandwagon town. Yeah, and it supported it after that. And this Rams made it back to the. Super Bowl a couple years later, but lost to the Patriots in, you know, much... St. Louis is salty as fuck now, though, when yeah. you talk to people about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, rightfully so. Absolutely, because but... it's been more than evident because of September 11th, essentially, the NFL put all their wagons behind Boston in particular. It was a major sports city and network. Right. They, they get the national recognition. They're always in the spotlight. That should have been the Raiders in right. the fucking Super Bowl, mind you. That was the whole tuck rule playoff season as You're well. crazy. Tom's getting eight this year. Let's go. Oh, come on now. Fucking Brady. It's uh, Deflate Gate and everything else and the spying. Where as they much recorded. as I hate that motherfucker, no. dude. He is the greatest. But I'm not going to. That's what I was going to say. Have to be. I, I can't stand him. I, I just accepted it. It's like, he is the greatest. Tom Brady himself time. will tell you <laughs> that he fumbled on that play. Charles Woodson knocked the shit out of him. Yeah. He'll tell you that to today. And I mean, even now, he doesn't even try to At least to he's straight it. up with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Speaking of the Buccaneers, you saw the, who his new tight end is. Kyle oh, Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph deal. is yeah. the Bucks. I used to have him on fantasy teams quite a bit back in the day. Well, he was great on the Vikings. Yeah, he had some okay years he in He scored me New a lot York. of points. He is he is now that's tight end, and Tom Brady told him that he was not going to be his number one read because he was a Notre Dame alumni, and Tom <laughs> Brady was from Michigan. Fucking college so, politics. Yeah, for sure. It was tongue-in-cheek. You know he's throwing to that motherfucker if he's, if he's open wide open. Zone. So uh, another thing, real quick, while we're talking football, what about Baker and the Carolina thing? I don't know what to think of it yet. I don't I, know either. I want to root for Did Baker. You see what they they said? Cleveland I miss said him about now, him. dude. I'm, I'm a big OU fan, so I was all well, about Baker. Here's the deal. <laughs> this is where Vince McMahon and Deshaun Watson are different in this situation. I think there is like alleged things of him doing, you know like the ejaculating on masseuses and what whatever the crazy shit we have a friend that recently ejaculated on a masseuse yeah that's a wild story <laughs> we won't we won't plug any names we but won't say any I names guess, or uh, whatever and, and I'm just like he has all these masseuses <laughs> signing NDAs and I'm right. like you're guilty as hell you brought all this drama to Cleveland yeah I hate it I hate it I wish Baker was back. I would take Baker back. And now. Cleveland got like double whammy because they went all in on Manziel. Yeah, and then, I mean, then they went all made in on some horrific I mean, decisions over the years. Yeah, and, and now Manziel, he's still going right in the Canadian leagues. No, uh, no, no, he's, he's not he's, even he's, uh, whatsoever. I think he's like done, done. He played in fan controlled football league. That, Holy that shit! He played like flag football. Yeah, the the flag professional football league yeah. where they. The fans make the plays. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's what he played in. He's, you know, he only lasted like four games in the CFL. Oh, my God. He played for that Montreal. That was the last I heard. Uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah, so and apparently there's been chatter of, I know that The Rock and Danny Garcia's former wife slash business partner, they had many meetings with a lot of other, they had meetings with USFL, they had meetings with the Canadian Football League about partnerships. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, if, if it looks like anything yeah, going forward. I think it was but, more like playing games in other countries, right? Weren't they like trying be, to do exhibitions? Like some, yeah. yeah per, like, but um, what we know is happening is the big TV deals that they've gotten. Oh, yeah. Um, they're across every single network Disney, as well as Disney Plus. Disney Plus, right. um, going to be on ESPN. Amazon. Amazon, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, hell yeah, man. The XFL, I'm excited for it. And they've Absolutely gotten great. some good talents for announcing as well. 
I believe that Pat McAfee is going to do something. And I can hope hope they can pull back some of the talent they had, like Tamu as the Battlehawks quarterback. A lot of them have ended up in second and third, yeah, on death charts. He went to Kansas City for a little bit. Yeah, in Detroit. He was in Detroit, too. I thought he was in... Well, we can find out right now. Well, there's there's somebody that did very well in the XFL. It might have been with the Houston team that is on the Carolina Panthers. P.J. Walker. Yeah, P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker, yeah. Yeah, he started some games as well for... um, the Panthers, right? So, well, I, I just want you boys to know, Vipers fans, poop standing up, just so you know. Yeah, absolutely. Just like Stan Kroenke. No question. Fuck Stan oh, Kroenke. Oh yeah, George, Fuck Tom the Colorado in the, ever, in, the ever. USFL. Okay. He, yeah, he played for Tampa Bay. Gotcha. I believe that kind of catches up things outside the WWE and and SummerSlam going forward. So if you guys want, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come back and hell yeah, we'll talk a little SummerSlam talk. All right, let's do it. This is Barrett from the ATI podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop. We will be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcasts. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support. And as always, please stay safe out there. All right, we are back with you here, ATI Podcast. We've got Josh Welch, Barrett Lewis, Jake Jackson, and we are going to get into SummerSlam talk. Well, Josh pulls up the card, we're going to just kind of talk about what Jake and I are actually interested in WWE right now. We talked about it earlier, Cody Rhodes, but he's out. Anything else in WWE right now? That Pat you're McAfee. Absolutely. And Baron, actually Baron Corbin's been pretty good lately. Like, yeah. In this whole, like less goofy. Yeah. Definitely less Pat happy Ma- Corbin, Seth Rollins and riddle, uh, street profits and, uh, the Usos, but special guest referee, Jeff Jarrett, right? Which Jeff Jarrett is the most popular guy in wrestling this past coming. He's this everywhere, coming weekend, right? Yeah. For sure, he's gonna be at Starcast. He's gonna be the Ric Flair's last match. He's at SummerSlam. Like this dude's like having yeah a hell of a weekend. So those are the ones I'm really excited for. And I mean, how can we not mention Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are having a last man standing match? Please do it a little finish. bit different. Like just well, I think that they're bound to have a better match than what they were at WrestleMania because supposedly Roman dislocated his shoulder during that yeah which makes sense to why he hasn't wrestled much since and the fact that he also his contract has it's, changed yeah. in dates and that sort of thing so he's only supposedly he's not even going to wrestle at uh survivor series nope which is fucking bullshit because i used to be a part of the big four and survivor series has just become such an afterthought afterthought in the last five to six years too which is ridiculous hopefully to me. that changes i i hope so too and i you know they need to put some other stakes in there you know teams of five strive to survive you know that's always been the big saying and so they need to get back to that traditional five on five but give it a purpose give it a storyline give it a reason you know i think it would be if it were me this is how i would book it you know granted a lot of rules in wrestling don't have any weight anymore and they don't stick to them but if we get back to a focus what i am excited to see and i'd almost hang my hat on is that the main product in wwe will start to be booked like the black and gold nxt days Oh, that'd if be Triple great. H has his fingerprints on it, which how can he not? 
at this point. You know, there's no really no roadblocks in the way. His wife's running the whole damn show, you know, and he's the head of talent relations again. And Where's Shane at? I've been forgetting to ask that. Well, Shane left. Uh, he was fired because of his shit that took place at the Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble, where he was wanting to book himself to win, essentially, or at least be the la- in the last two. And I don't know. He was a surprise. He, I will say he had top three pops of the night. Oh yeah, when he I'm, came out, the the entrance music, like Shane McMahon, like, and believe he's it or not, he can actually evergreen baby face. Quite frankly, he can for a guy that doesn't wrestle, he can kind of wrestle. Yeah, no, I I think he's way more. I mean, one of my favorite matches of all time is him and Kurt Angle, the King Good of the Ring. Lord, it's brutal, but yes, you know, talk about wrestling with a broomstick, Kurt Angle, and that was early in Kurt Angle's career. Yeah, you know, two years year in, two year, year, year and, two, and a half yeah, or so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that guy's transition from like Olympic athlete into wrestling is absolutely astonishing. There's it's a, a lot good of talk story. of Gable Stevenson's going to have the same type of transition. I hope know? so because yeah. that he, you know, that's a real badass, legit guy. So, oh I'm yeah, for it. Kurt was to too back in the day, dude. Like as far as his Olympic oh, wrestling no and stuff. He, oh my god, like one of the most dedicated wrestlers in history as far as Olympic wrestling. And they've signed Gable Stevenson's brother as well. Oh, He's I didn't know NXT. that. Yeah, hell so. yeah. He's actually appeared on NXT TV at least once. But I haven't been sticking up with NXT. I will say, as far as people that I'm into, was that everybody in WWE? Yeah, people-wise, for sure. I don't know if it's on the card, but I'm kind of, I kind of like the Ezekiel stuff a little bit. Yeah, I do like Ezekiel. <laughs> it's yeah, kind of funny. It's one of the few things that I'm interested in. So, talents that I usually gravitate towards are the talents that are in-ring workers, but I also can talk on the mic. So, I like Montez Ford as an individual. I don't like the Street Profits altogether as a tag team. I watch him for Montez, but Montez has such a, you know, undeniable, however you want to frame it, you know, ceiling, you know, he, he, the sky's the limit for him as far as his talent. Even better live. It it sold me completely seeing him at the live event wrestle. It's just a standard tag match and this dude's outworking everybody in there. But I'm keeping an eye on him. Austin Theory is of course a prodigy. So, and, and he handles himself well, so he's got a good disposition. As far as young talent's concerned, that's another person that I kind of gravitate towards. I want to, I like everybody involved in Judgment Day, but the gimmick is hokey, terrible, and Edge should have stayed in it. They were doing well with Edge. No real Ripley leader. either. That's that's and my favorite injured. women's wrestler. Wrestler. Oh, she's the best. Well, she's, yeah, and uh, I'm in love with her. Enjoy her. I, and I'm in love with her. Kind of. Who isn't? I mean, she's <laughs> fucking beautiful. I mean, I remember when I saw her in the May Young Classic back, the first May Young Classic, and I was like, this. This woman's going somewhere. Who's the chick in that music video? I always forget her name. The one, the the thick, the thick, Nikita Lyons. Dude, oh, have you seen that, her music she's video? Insane. Well, here's she the deal. She was at the last SmackDown. Speculation is she's going to be called up. So. Well, she should be because a she's, I mean, she's obviously attractive as hell, but she's also does really cool in ring shit. Like she's oh yeah, legit. She's fucking like boxing or whatever. Yeah, she puts martial arts shit too, that she's dude. done. Like yeah. she's. And then Braun Breaker. Those are the two people I watch for. Braun Breaker was a person I was going to say that I'm actually interested in. He's done some stuff on the main roster as well. Dolph Ziggler, one of the best in-ring workers ever, in my opinion. Bobby Roode recently returned to the glorious gimmick, so I'm looking forward to, if Triple H is involved, Bobby Roode being a top heel in the business, in in the ilk of a Ric Flair or an Arn Anderson. In-ring tactician, having solid matches. You know, he's not the promo that either of them are, but he's got a good look. He's in great shape. He could be a top heel in WWE going forward. You know, I'm into, of course, Randy's out and Cody's out, but those two in particular in WWE, everything that they do feels real more times than not. Riddle, 
I like. I think that they can do a little bit more with his character. I think they've gotten a little too lackadaisical and stereotypical stonerish with him, but you know, they could lean into kind of, you know, I, I've always felt like it was a missed opportunity. This is one thing the rascals did well back in the impact days was they did homages to that 70s show. Whenever they do the smoke room and everybody sitting yeah. together, you could do shit like with riddle and the street profits. Yeah. People would pop hugely. If oh, you had yeah. a back ring or uh, a backstage segment with those guys doing basically the, that 70s show gimmick Fuck, smoke yeah. around them, especially the show smoking. Dude. And just, you know, being a bunch Weed of stupid pop pop culture now. It's going to get know? over huge with the crowd. <laughs> right, Why not? Right. It worked the people. Get Literally, the people they have they an RK Bro 420 shirt. Yeah. That's awesome, exactly. man. They I marketed those this year. They put them on sale, you know, 24 hours out. They had RK Bro two, 20, or 420 shirts. Hell they did yeah. 20% off on the merch store. Yeah. They were promoting it. Good. At the live event, believe it or not, that you know was me, one. Man. Riddle was the, <laughs> like, one of the, like, most biggest open. pops there for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's extremely likable. Yeah. And well, I used to hate him, but I, now I like him because of the Goldberg shit. Yeah. But I think they kind of like, I don't know if they amend, like got, you know, but just the, the hate for Goldberg sometimes right. rubs me the wrong way with people. But yeah, I, I seen like a TikTok the other day. Yeah. A guy in California found him, I guess, at a, at a winery and a vineyard, yeah. Bill Goldberg. And he walked up to him. He's like, hey, man, I know this is a weird question, but will you put me in? What was his finishing? I forgot. Jackhammer. Jack, yeah, he's like, will you put me in the jackhammer? And then he's like, yeah, sure, dude. No problem. That's fucking so awesome. So he had his buddy hold his phone and he actually likes... He's like, That's right. Hilarious. He's like, now lock your legs and point them straight up when I lift you. And the guy's like, all right, man, cool. And he fucking just, and I'm talking, this guy was yeah. like your size, you know yeah. what I mean? And he's still doing it like it was nothing. <laughs> yeah. He's in great shape. Yeah. I think his attitudes changed quite a bit. Now I he's met a that father. Guy. So, you know, Goldberg's, uh, they recently did A&E special on him. And Very good. It was, it yeah. was. They've done Critically a couple. Applauded. They've done a couple of yeah. different things I need to check out. Yeah. I will say one thing with WWE, like the product or not present day. Anything that's biographical docu-series, I mean, you get a little bit of the WWE well, that's whitewash. My jam. That's like the TV but I the watch, production's so. good. Uh, they always have good human interest stories. Right. A&E has come a long way, too, yeah, as sure. far as what they do, too. Like, yeah. I remember some of the shows that used to be on A&E, or A&E and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, and now sure. I actually can tolerate a lot of it. So. Brock, uh, Roman, usually anything they're involved with, I want to pay attention to. You know, women's talent wise, Becky's good, but I'm kind of bored with her, quite frankly. Her Lady Gaga phase. Yeah, exactly. The man <laughs> yeah. gimmick. And I'm into. She comes out in a meat dress, I'm assuming. Bianca Belair, I like her. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bianca Belair, I like. She's, again, much like her husband, Montez Ford. The sky's the limit with her talent. I think she's better as a heel and using the hair whip, quite frankly, but she's been on this baby face run. I think heel turns imminent at some point. I whip my hair back and forth. I think Ronda Rousey is one of the worst things going on right now, but they're like alluding to perhaps a heel turn, which we're going to get into that whenever we get to her. Get somebody to fucking talk for her. She needs to be managed by Paul Heyman. That is the solution to this problem. Yeah, just don't let her talk. She's a performer. She's just not a people worker. Right. There's rumors that maybe they'll, you know, Champa is a guy. He can talk, yeah. he can work, he's got a great look. Tommaso Champa. They cut him down to just Champa. They got him doing stupid shit, but Champa's a guy that I always look at. I think maybe he'll have his day in the sun now. Kevin Owens is a guy who can work well, is a good talker, have a good match with anybody usually. You know, his stuff with Ezekiel right now is actually one of the more entertaining things, in my opinion. Seth Rollins. Do they still push, like, the male and female teams? 
in wrestling like they used to. I mean, they keep it they keep it separate. Like there's no intergender wrestling and stuff like right, that. Right, but anymore. I mean, like you remember back in the day, like they like Val Venus, he always had ladies walking to him with the stage, or like you know, or they like, don't in Triple H sexuality. always have a chick with him for a while. No, there yes, is no Stephanie. Godfather's yes, hose on uh, right. WWE television anymore. That's unfortunate. But there is talk <laughs> of them perhaps going to t- uh, TV 14. On Raw specifically, they okay, can't do it. I on see Smackdown. why they're doing it. Yeah, they can't do it on SmackDown. You got to be careful with that network television. Yeah. But um, because USA is cable television, they can't right. go TV fourteen. Well, and then that's where you get into with streaming wrestling. You right. can open up a whole new can of worms for the business too. You know what I mean? You can start targeting certain audiences and exactly. sharing stuff that you can't necessarily do on a regular network like you're talking about. Let's talk about the SummerSlam card. So, Josh, what's the uh, first match that they have? Now, some of this might change, of course, because we still got two more episodes of WWE television now, going into SummerSlam. I'm on the SummerSlam wiki. Start, Start with number eight. Okay, so number eight, we got a singles match with Logan Paul in The Miz. So Logan Paul's back. He signed a three-year deal with WWE, I believe is what's reported. I don't know, but I'm... Logan's Excited into anything that'll make him money. He was su- a surprise at WrestleMania, I will say. I heard that it was crazy it was good. good. Yeah, that was definitely my top three matches. The fucking of the Pokemon night. card thing, like I applaud him just for that. His That's outfit was stellar, hilarious, dude. Incredible. Like, good for you, dude. Good and for you. He looks better than fifty percent of the fucking wrestlers. Now, as far as Jake and I can't do Jake Paul. But anyway, well, biggest, we'll get, that's another, the biggest heels in in the world. Right. We'll get into that in another. Yeah, but those guys segment. make millions of dollars off of just fucking fight. And run in their mouth and Bags, make videos. You know, fight, like fight purses specifically because they do cut good promos. That's the thing that they're good at. That's the thing where it gets back into professional wrestling. That's why it, what makes them good well, for this business. And also they're they dragging talk. youth into it because they are well-known YouTube personalities. Right. And people exactly. are following them into this business. Yeah. And which Absolutely. is not a bad thing, you know. Introduce- Jake Paul and, uh, well, I think he, is he on his brother's podcast sometimes? But I know Logan oh, yeah, has yeah, his yeah. own podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean... He's not on there frequently like he used to be. Yeah. Because they're kind of their own thing now. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, he still shows up on it. But Logan Paul's got one of the most popular podcasts out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm, I'm checking it out when I can. I've I seen see a clips lot of and clips. I've got no problem about most of the what Island I've seen. Boys clip was probably one of the funniest clips of the year. So if yeah. you get a chance to check that out, you should check that out. <laughs> yeah. The Island Boys on Logan Paul's podcast. Um, I've said this before, but uh, Laura Jane Grace had the tweet of the year. Island Boys and the guys from Madden Brothers from Good Charlotte, and she said the same energy. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, that's tweet of the year. Hey, that's perfect. It's perfect. That is hilarious. Ten out of ten would recommend. Why wouldn't Logan Paul win? I mean, they left the WrestleMania angle. Because right. Miz has big giant balls. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Miz no. is gonna pin pin him with his balls. Have you? What do you think about the giant balls stuff? At first, it was funny when Maurice was involved, but I I don't know. I just don't find it to be that funny now. It's we, lo- we love you, Maurice. Oh hell! The Miz yeah. was kind of coming in when I kind of cut ways with wrestling, and he was one of them I just never could get into. Wow, I well, love the Miz. He really. was a reality show star, but I will say that he's definitely that's outperformed his. But that, that's what I'm saying. He perception. was just coming the in. most underappreciated guy in the business. Yeah. He is one of the best talkers in the business. One of the best. Oh yeah, people call him lightweight MJF, or he look he he's just playing a heel. But like, I mean, he is legit. Like one of the best promo segments I've ever seen in wrestling, definitely in the last ten years, is his talking smack with Daniel Bryan. Oh my god! Day. I will say I thought that was real. Yeah. it made me think like he's yeah. fucking mad. And his feud See, was they can up that to that shit. WrestleMania where they did the mixed yeah. tag match. That was another good one, especially the last three weeks of that feud. Whenever they were doing the spoofs of the Bellas and all that stuff. 
That was great, Miz work. Or The Rock, where he came out dressed like, looking like The Rock with the <laughs> yeah. Rock, the Rock <laughs> skull cap yeah. or whatever oh, thing. Fuck. One of the best things I've seen of The Miz too. Uh, you know, one of the first things I was into was his internet, or excuse me, his intercontinental feud with Dolph Ziggler whenever they first did the brand split again in 2016. Oh, yeah. That was one of the major things that kind of hooked me into professional wrestling because they were cutting good promos back and forth. And that's where he was kind of started the A-lister gimmick. And then eventually that morphed into the B team being a part of his stable or faction it. or whatever you want to call it. So, But I think Logan Paul is going over. What, what next match you got? Match number seven is a singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship, and that's going to include Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Oh my God, next. I'm kidding, but like, I don't care. I guess Bianca is the defending. Yeah, Bianca is the champion right now. So famously last year, she lost within... Um, nine seconds, I believe it was. Yeah, it was. She lost to Becky. Becky was a surprise at the last minute. Showed up at SummerSlam, beat Bianca. It was bullshit. They shouldn't have treated her that way. So on and so forth. Bianca's winning this match. Yeah. They are eventually, I think, building toward a Becky face turn and then ultimately WrestleMania, Becky winning the title from somebody. I I foresee that being maybe a Ronda Rousey or something like that. And Ronda's the heel at the time. We'll get there. Which I'm fine with. <laughs> but uh, that's that's really all I have to say about this right now. You that's, a, that's a that's a pee break for me right now because like I'm just yeah. not invested. Right. But I do like both of the wrestlers. Right. It's just, it seems... The whole thing's telegraphed to me, so that in part is why I'm not interested in. And B, we've seen a lot of it yeah, recently, so for sure. All right, uh, match six will be a singles match, which includes Riddle and Seth Rollins. Could be match of the night. No, I mean you guys were speaking highly earlier. Yeah, yes. so. both of them are great in ring workers. Seth is arguably the best in the business. I think that he and Ezekiel had an awesome match on Raw this past oh, week. Oh, yeah, that was good. It was one of the better Raw matches, which is really saying something that I've seen in some time. So, you know, uh, most of Raw has been unwatchable, a lot of repeat, but anything involving Seth, he is at least made clickbait-worthy, you know, to kind of... Oh, his, his feud with Cody was great. Yeah, and is he, the whole Ezekiel thing, there's some intrigue there, and I think that they're doing a good job of, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek, trying to act like these people are different people and so on and so That's forth. That's great. So, you know, it, it's pretty I'm all zeked up. Yeah, zeked up, <laughs> for sure. You know, I think this could go either way, but I think that they're really getting behind Riddle and a huge babyface push with perhaps him getting some sort of He won on the live event because Riddle and Seth Rollins faced each other. Seth has lot of, lost a lot of pay-per-view matches. Oh, he has the most recently. losses in WWE this year, and yet really? he's put on the best matches in WWE this right. year. But yeah. he's being expected to carry a lot of people, carry a lot of storylines, do this, do that. He's arguably the best work, worker in the business. He yeah. really is. Yeah, he can do it all. So I, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go Riddle. Just because I think he's getting a big push. Yeah, I think I think Riddle's going to get the the W as well. All right, match five is singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, and this features Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. As Liv Morgan is the defending no champion. No way, Liv Morgan wins. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think Ronda should win. Is this like a Ronda reinvention match? I think so. I think they're going toward shades of heel Ronda. You know, she kind of had the resting bitch face on this last SmackDown. She's not, wasn't a smiley. She had the horror makeup on. She looked like fucking bitch from black Swan. Um, you know, so I think that, I mean, I think, I think Ron is attractive, but all this fucking smiling and glad handing and fucking pageant queen waving, put your clothes back on girl. Like I just, I've not been into that. 
Did you speaking of which? Did you see her leaked photo shoot from ESPN? No, I'm I'm gonna check it out as soon as we leave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yep. There's like a pocket of wrestling fans that really love Liv Morgan, and I have nothing against her, but like with Bo Dallas. Well, in real life, what? What? You're fucking with me. No, they're together. They have a chicken farm together. (laughs) Yeah. What? Yeah. I, it might be pigs, actually, but yeah, they have they have a farm together. <laughs> that makes it even better. I miss Bo Dallas. Bo like, Dallas has his own YouTube channel. Check it out. Okay, well, I want him to wrestle. I what the yeah. hell? He hasn't wrestled in like two years. But anyway, uh, there's a there's a segment of the f- internet wrestling fans that love Liv Morgan, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't have a problem with her, but like, there's no way that she's going out on SummerSlam as the winner. There's no way. Yeah, because they've been like. Oh, I'm I'm happy for you, like Ronda. Yeah. Like you know, there's Ronda Rousey's gonna go out there and eat her alive, which I, it makes no. It doesn't. She I don't know why her. she won in yeah. the first place. Right. The title run is going to be literally known as just so Ronda could turn heel. Yeah. That's all it is. I think, much like it, it, it was said that perhaps the money in the bank was a last minute decision to give it to Liv. I will say that Liv might get the try hard award this year. You know, she tries. And she's tried to be better, and I've seen her be better, flashes of being better. She is one of the, I wouldn't say she's the most improved wrestler of the last year, but certainly one of the most improved women in WWE specifically. But it's it's not there for me. Yes, she's attractive, but what, I mean, I mean, I actually watch wrestling to enjoy the in-ring product too, you know. So, right. But uh, Ronda, she has to eat her alive, and I think they've already kind of, you know, tip their cap off with that, with her saying that she's going to shake her hand like she did her whenever she wins. And I think Liv's going to resist that, you know, something to that oak. But supposedly the plan was for Rhea Ripley to get the money in the bank, but she got injured. So that's why they went with Liv at the last I think minute. she's like, something's like, speaking of Rhea, like. Something's way wrong. Like, I uh, thought it was like a concussion. They did teeth. have one at first, but then she had she, a heart monitor. She's wearing a heart monitor. She was wearing oh, a heart shit. monitor. Speculation of an irregular heartbeat. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I deal with that. So, yeah, and that's no they fun. Will, they will take her out of in-ring competition for an irregular heartbeat. Well, you got to think all these freaking commissions that regulate that shit. I mean, it, it, it's gotta, all liability at the end of the day. Right. That's for the about. business, right? right? I think Ronda's going over. Jake thinks Ronda's going over. What do we got next? Uh, match number four is a tag team match for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. Um, Jeff Jarrett will serve as a special guest referee for this match, and it includes the Usos versus the Street Profits. So this is the match we kept alluding to this whole time. Jeff Jarrett back in WWE. He is head of live events, but now he's coming in as special guest referee. Excuse me. They just announced that here in the last two weeks or so. It seems like an odd match for him to be involved in. I don't really know that he has ties anywhere uh, in this. I don't understand it, but it's Jeff Jarrett, so I love it. Ain't I great? Choke on that, slap nuts. Like Jeff Jarrett is one of my favorites <laughs> of all time. Yeah. I hope a guitar is broken in the ring. You know he's coming to the ring with a guitar over his shoulder. And you know, the double, you know. Yeah. <laughs> one of my all time favorites. Hopefully he wears the Bob Vila sunglasses or There's whatever. There's gotta be some reason that he's involved in it. Right. Oh yeah. It's gotta be working towards something. I think that they were it's in Nashville, so they were trying to bring in somebody from Nashville. They were or looking for that crossover. I don't know that Jeff Jarrett specifically sold tickets in the sense that like, oh, I need to go see Jeff Jarrett. Maybe. I I just don't understand where he where he fits into all this. Yeah, I don't either. Going. Like I said, he's already a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but I'll I still will like hell yeah, it's double J, you know. Yeah, There's gotta be something more to it. 
Yeah, for know. sure. But I think the Usos retain. Somebody's getting a guitar in the head. Um, and I think, what about maybe a Montez Ford, like, hey, motherfucker, Angelo Dawkins, bam, after the match when they lose, you know, right? That I would be okay with. Another thing I could see happening is that Jeff, for whatever reason, let's say, you know, eventually you see behind the scenes he got a little cash from the Usos or something, but, you know, a guitar, like, let's say that the situation is that the Street Profits, Montez Ford hits that big five-star frost, frog splash about fucking 16 feet in the air that yeah, he hits. Yeah, it's great. He's got insane hops, and he's like 6'4", as it is anyways. And let's say they're in a position to win, and as soon as he pops up to go cover, Jeff, he turns around, Jeff hits him with a guitar. Yeah, that would be yeah, that'd and be cool. And that's the finish of the match. And then he's knocked out. Uh, Dawkins is off anyways because he's been knocked out of the match, you know, incapacitated outside the ring. And the Usos win one, two, three. Yeah, I think that, that that might be a reason to have Jeff involved, but still yet, why Jeff is my question. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how it plays yeah, out. Maybe it's just to draw people to bring in a Yeah, name. again, bring in a familiar name from the past. WWE's done that, you know, to, yeah. to sell subscriptions, to sell purchases to the network in, in the past. So could be the, could be the case in this case. All right, match number three, singles match for the WWE United States Championship, and that features Bobby Lashley versus Theory, and Bobby Lashley is the defending. I would argue that this is going to probably open the show because you know Roman and Brock is going to close, and Austin Theory has the Money in the Bank briefcase right now, and they have just constantly teased that he's cashing in that night. He is straight up said he's cashing in that night. Whoever's at the disadvantage, he's said that he's taking advantage of will it be a successful cash in will it not be a successful cash in that's you know to be determined austin theory how as a heel he is a heel right now one of the big things that you do as a heel is you make a prediction and you can get no bigger heat than fulfilling that prophecy as a heel right by hook or by crook I think you do a lot of disservice, and Austin Theory has taken a lot of bumps and taken a lot of losses. I think he got made to look like a bitch by Riddick, Riddick Moss here in the last couple of weeks, too, on SmackDown, I believe. Yeah, he's been having a little thing with him, yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand that unless ultimately there's a payoff in a positive light for him as a character, his trajectory. I think that I could see the U.S. title match going either way. I think he eventually, obviously, gets involved in the in the actual title match at some point, whether it's with success or failure, he has made the prophecy that he's going to beat Bobby Lashley, which Bobby Lashley is seen as, I believe, the number one baby face on Raw specifically. So good well, chance that maybe not. Until, <laughs> until the American Nightmare comes back. Yeah, for sure. But internally right now, that's the perception of him within the company where it is. So I could see this match going either way. I think it would be interesting and bring a lot of intrigue. He would certainly be the youngest double champ ever, probably, I would say, because then he's just like 24. Yeah, for sure. So if, if he were to win the undisputed belts and win the U.S. title belt, three belts on him at the end of the night would be kind That's of impressive. Crazy, and yeah. this guy's built like, you know, he looks like a young John Cena in many respects. Well, it ain't happening. I don't think he's winning nothing. I don't. Well, I think, he was Vince's boy. I know. I think that he is losing to Bobby. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense for him to win the U.S. title, then cash in, because I think he's cashing in unsuccessfully at SummerSlam. There's some. There's going to be some fuckery in the Roman Reigns uh, Lesnar match, and he's going to crush whoever wins that is going to. Which I think it's going to be Reigns uh, is going to crush Austin Theory when he tries to cash in. 
So I think that's what's going to happen there. A lot of speculation that The Rock is eventually going to be involved in a match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this coming year. If that's the case, no better place than SummerSlam to start that angle off, even if you don't revisit it for months. Right. You know, you can... I could see a layout, a finish, such as that Brock's about to win. Austin Theory runs in to try and take advantage. It is kiboshed or whatever the case is, or maybe it looks like he's got the upper hand. He comes in with a weapon, hits Brock. or I don't know. The referee's incapacitated. Somehow, it's Theory, and he's about to pin Roman. The Rock comes in to help. Roman gets mad. The, the Rock's there, and then that's what starts their feud, you know, like he doesn't need his fucking help. That would be great. Get the fuck out that of here. That would be a summer. That place would go nuts. Yeah, and I, I, they blow. I mean, I think it's outdoor. Um, I believe they're playing it's at the Nissan Stadium. Titans. Yeah, Nissan yeah, Stadium. The Titans oh, wow. facility. So it's outdoor. I, I, that would. If there was a roof, it'd be blowing it off. It's going to blow a hole in the atmosphere if that's the case. <laughs> you know, the Rock if is you the hear person the, in entertainment. Can you smell what the Rock's cooking? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, I'll fucking throw my couch or something. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if that happens. But, the yeah. but we'll see. I don't, you know, I, but we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves too. Cause that's of course going to be the last match. Yeah. But, but it kind of ties Austin in theory. a little right. bit cause he's the right. money in the bank. Yeah. Right. But I think that we're going to see that match earlier in the night as well. And there's support. They're definitely going to spread out the women's title matches as well. So I think the semi main might be Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan, even though Bianca and Becky are going to have the better match. Oh, yeah, because I think the other that's going to be a squash match for sure. Yeah, it needs to be. Or an extended squash. Which wouldn't be bad either, you know, as a nice break before the main event. Headliner. Yeah, you know, for so. sure. All right, fight two be a singles match against Pat McAfee and Happy Corbin. I think this might be the surprise of the night with the exception of the Logan Paul match. Right. Pat McAfee has done nothing but hit grand slams every time he's been up to plate for WWE. Every match he's had has been, in my opinion, at least a four-star out of a five-star match for me, Bum especially where Corbin. my expectations were. You're talking about a guy that was a punter in the NFL Yeah, that's built his own brand, his own podcast is one of the most successful sports podcasts. He's got an exclusive dude deal with YouTube to and, stream his podcast. And FanDuel. He got like FanDuel, fucking millions of dollars. Millions of dollars from FanDuel. He's FanDuel hit us being up, baby. brought on on um, Amazon. <laughs> he's been hired on for Amazon's Thursday Night Football. Damn. As an analyst, so he's, he's be raking it in. Yeah, so you know, I, Pat McAfee's done a lot for himself. Excellent talent, can talk with the best of them. Uh, he arguably had the best match of WrestleMania weekend, short of the Cody and and Seth match as well. Uh, whenever he fought Austin Theory, they gave licensed music to a guy who's wrestled two matches. Yeah, which is <laughs> he came out to the white of. stripes. Yeah, damn. And they had Seven Dallas Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders like with him. Yeah, fucking working him hard already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has done everything that he's been asked to do, and then some. Yeah. So how you think can he you comes not? out to Seven Nation Army again? I don't know why not. Yeah, but also yeah. I could see him doing something different too. So who who knows? But I, I what I do know is he's winning. He's oh, for sure. He's, and I think it'll be a good match because absolutely, he does that whatever that thing he did off the top rope. He does like a a running moonsault. Yeah, I'm no. like what? Like <laughs> this guy's had two matches. Drops yeah. jumps from the mat to the top turnbuckle and does a moonsault. Yes. almost in one fluid movement. God, but he yeah. is a professional athlete, right, so he does right. have. But like, just it's different to get in a wrestling ring. It's like Mongo McMichael was Steve. You know, was a 
great football player, but the dude could not wrestle. Pro- arguably the worst wrestler ever. Right. So it doesn't always translate. LT. LT. WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. You know, had a match against Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow. There's been Bigelow. some crossover, you know. Pat's the best. Got to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Better than I, Carl Malone. Better than player. Dennis Rodman. Yeah, yeah. Better than every. Ed. For sure. Yeah. Like, he looks like he, he he's better than half of the wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, he had the War Games confrontation with Undisputed Era back in the day, and he also had... Oh, they the, did that great, where they Adam Cole came on the show, and yeah. they, like, had... Yeah. That was great. And uh, then he had a singles match with Adam Cole specifically, so... Yeah, they... Pat's done very well in the three matches that he's had, I think. You yeah, know, or for sure. Or he's been involved in three, in angles, so... I and think promos. Oh, yeah, promos, too. I mean, Bum-ass Corbin. Called him a the bald color. baby bitch or something yeah. the other day. yeah. He is the color for SmackDown, so he's the best color commentator in the business, in my opinion. Oh, he's the I, he's he's one of the reasons to watch SmackDown. He makes pop culture references, you know. Right. You know, he, he transcends just the WWE universe, which they get caught in their own bubble too much. What did he say last year when John Cena came back? You know, it's like you can't see me. He's like, "Where is he? Can't see him or something." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's he Absolutely. at? Where's he at? Yeah. So is the last the. Main event that we Oh, have? yeah. Main event, the number one match is the last man standing match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship featuring Roman Reigns, the defending with Paul Heyman versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah, so I can see this fleshing out multiple ways, like we mentioned earlier. If, right. If Austin, Austin Theory's involved, maybe the finish I laid out earlier, especially if they're working toward ultimately Roman Rock. Roman doesn't need the championship. He's already had a legendary run, 400 something days, right? He needs it. So he can lose to Cody. He does need to. There's been talk that perhaps that that they're going there too, depending on what the Rock shooting schedule is and everything else. That if the Rock doesn't work out, Cody, it's Cody Roman at WrestleMania. That's a fucking great story. There's story talk line. that Cody will win the Royal Rumble when he comes back because he should come back if all thing, if things go as planned as far as his recovery is concerned. Right. You know, I could see Roman retaining and eventually they worked with that. How many matches has Brock got left on his contract? I mean, he's got dates that he has to work. I know they're getting ready to have the 20th cele- 20th uh, year celebration with uh, Rey Mysterio tomorrow. at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, tomorrow. Which, actually, to Raw is kind of uh, worth watching. Roman Reigns is in a, is wrestling tomorrow. Yeah. He's in a, he's in a tag usual. team match, but like I watch that because Roman doesn't w- w- wrestle TV matches very much. Right. Right. You know, they're going to go heavy on the match card tomorrow night for the reason that it they're... You know, the theme is Rey Mysterio, 20 years with WWE. One, the biggest little man probably oh, yeah, ever, dude. wouldn't you say? Oh, the yeah. The greatest mask of all time. and For sure. The, base, the greatest the luchador, in yeah. my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Most crossover, like, still doing it at a high level. Absolutely. He was just one of the ones, the first ones to, like, take it to that level, though. I Absolutely. Think. I mean, the whole WCW cruiserweight boom. fast and, yeah. he was. And, he was right. right there at the front of it. You go to a WWE live, uh, event still, to this day, guess what kids are wearing? That his the, mask. His mask. Yeah. Like, even though he has not been positioned, like, the Rey Mysterio of old, like, he right. still is a top merch mover for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I, under, yeah, total so, respect. You know, I... I foresee there obviously we've got, you know, again, two more TV opportunities. So if Roman's on Monday night, there's chances that Brock's on Monday night or vice versa. So Brock's getting a per appearance deal. He ain't got a lot of dates left. So they got to start, you know, moving the story. I think Saudi Arabia is in the future. You know, I think that's here in a couple months, I believe uh, around October. 
They're going to go to Saudi Arabia again. Goldberg again, I guarantee it. So <laughs> As much as I love Goldberg's Goldberg. Goldberg's got a date or two left on this contract, yeah. too. Rumor has it Brock walked out initially when Vince announced his retirement. Last Friday, he had to be talked back into the building, and they were already making calls for replacements. One of the two people that was called was Goldberg about coming back. Wow. I love Goldberg, doing... but come on. No. Gotta stop. We got to stop. I will say he and Roman, that last match that they had together was watchable. You know, I didn't expect it to be anything great. But the him and Lashley match in Saudi Arabia was, was actually pretty good. pretty good. Yeah, it was. They actually did a little bit different stuff. They didn't make Goldberg uh, the spear or whatever they did off the... They did it, like, right. on top of some sort of, like... They did, you know, they 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 added some gimmicks to it. They added right. some, you Window know, dressing. flavored it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And again, with Paul Heyman being involved, I know Paul Heyman, Goldberg's become a Paul Heyman guy behind the scenes, too. So, you know, he produced that last... Goldberg come back with Brock and that feud that they had. They had the best, perhaps two minute match I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, that's him and Brock I, when and he won the title from Brock. People shit on both of them, but people the first match they had back, yeah. they were like, "This was great." Yeah, yeah, I agree. And even the second one wasn't too bad. It was not near the first, but you know, just the. I think a lot of it was the unexpected nature of things. You know, that's why, because nobody expected Goldberg, you know, this guy's been away from the wrestling business for over 12 years. It might have even been more than that altogether. I think the last anybody had seen of him was in Japan. He went to New Japan after he left WWE in the 2000s, early 2000s, has failed one, two years there that he had. And, you know, he just kind of, I don't want to say rode off in the sunset. He was doing stuff with TV. Like, I think he's got some series and stuff that he's involved with, like, I remember he Fuel was in TV uh, and back in the day and that Discovery remake Channel. that Adam Sandler did. Longest Yard, he was in that. Yeah, there was a lot of wrestlers yeah. in that. Kevin yeah. Nash, yeah. Stone Cold. Yeah, Kevin Nash was in that. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I'm trying to think if there was anybody else. Nelly, Terry Crews. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> like McChicken had the fucking McDonald's. Yeah. Like I was like, how did he get McDonald's at prison? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I can really see this going a lot, of, a, a lot of different ways, but. I'm I'm leaving leaning heavily toward Brock Lesnar not getting the championship. No, whether it's Austin Theory getting involved or Roman Reigns winning. So, right. what do you think, Jake? I think Roman Reigns wins. I think uh, he tries to successfully cash in uh, Theory and tries to cash in, but it's unsuccessful. And hopefully, there's some something happens. Some Brock walks out. Cody walks out. Maybe he didn't suit suit Cody because he'll he'll probably be there for sure. I I know he was at Comic Con for WWE. He and Taker were yeah, and yesterday. Uh, and he, they they plug people asked him about Roman like yeah. you know it's gotta happen. I want the I love the Rock, but Cody Rhodes needs to win the title and it needs to be from Roman. And that's a built in story. It's family. It's bloodline versus bloodline. The Rhodes yeah. versus the the. Anawais or whatever, the yeah. Fatus, whatever, right. all the Samoan right. family, you know. Well, the Rhodes, there's a bloodline there, but it's largely started with Dusty and then his children, so that would be Dustin and, yeah. and Cody in the wrestling business. And But, you know, that's that's where that stops. Where Whereas Roman and all the Samoan families that are involved in wrestling, they're like, you know, this isn't like a racist statement. They are literally all related to each other in some yeah. way. Yeah. Roman's first cousins with the Usos. That makes Roman's uncle Rikishi. You know, Afa is his dad. Sika is Afa's brother. Yeah. You know, like they were all cousins with Yokozuna. 
Or is and that who I'm thinking of? Yokozuna. It was who's the guy that Rikishi did the fat ass dance, the stink yeah. face. Yeah. Yoko's, Yokozuna also had a big ass. Yeah, but he yes. wore Both the red big. pants, right? Like Yokozuna, the real long red. Yokozuna he was like a sumo wrestler. Like like his a gimmick sumo was gimmick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which okay. when I was a kid, I thought he was really from Japan. Yeah, yeah. Everybody did. But, but he's Samoan. Yeah, he's, he's from Southern Islander, California. Pacific Islander. He's yeah. from Southern California. Oh, he's from Southern California. Rodney yeah, he's Anawai. actually Samoan. Wow. Yeah. It's his real name. Yeah. One of my one of my favorites ever. One of the before he got really really fat, like he was actually like one of the best big, big guys ever. Yeah. He actually had a Samoan career. Dude, they bring like sumo the, to St. Louis. Did you guys know that? No, but I would go watch it. That would well, be entertaining I, as hell. If you go to the Japanese festival that they have every year at the Botanical Gardens, they have a sumo yeah, maybe that's exhibition, what I'm and I've been to that. Was that cool? Yeah, it's it very cool. They go into the history of sumo, what their diet's like, what their training's like, and then they actually have sumo matches right there in front of you. Mad respect for those Yeah, guys, it's, it's kind of crazy. And one of the guys, actually famously, whenever they went to Saudi Arabia the first time and had the greatest Royal Rumble, they were asking for people that were dead because they only got like syndicated stuff over there previously before they like cut deals with the WWE network and everything else. So like they were asking for people that were dead, like Macho man, Yokozuna, Andre the giant. So they actually brought people in almost like in that bad nineties taste of where they tried to do fake razor and fake diesel. They brought in a Samoan wrestler guy in there to be the Yokozuna type. And he was actually at the Japanese festival. Oh, I saw him. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. You should be like, dude, I crazy. know who you are. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of interesting. and But yeah, you know, I, I, I back to your point earlier, Jake, that yeah, this is a story that writes itself. It's wrestling, royalty, clashing. And I don't, you know, just imagine the promos that are going to go back and forth, especially if Paul Heyman's involved and the jousting right. and... Even if Roman isn't on TV and Cody is weekly, you can see him and Heyman go mic to mic. You can see whenever Roman drops in him, you can see the Usos doing their bidding and being the little thugs that they are. And Maybe Cody, Dustin comes back, but I don't know when his AEW contract's There's up, talk but... of Dustin uh, perhaps starting his own wrestling school okay. and perhaps doing one last run with WWE. But have like Dustin being in his corner when he wins the title. Come yeah. on, that's I mean, come amazing. On, that's money yeah. right there. His whole family. Right. You know? Brandy. Brandy and... The baby. The baby and That the saved sister. race relations across the world. <laughs> <laughs> he had that famous promo in AEW that... Well, I will say, some of Cody's stuff in AEW, the the Anthony Agogo stuff and... Oh, yeah. Come on. Ooh, rough. Again, you can't blame a guy from trying. No, he's almost... He's, the more you've heard about his time in AEW, you've started to understand why some things didn't ever take off. You know, Cody honestly to his own detriment tried to put other people and other things over and tried to be an advocate a launching pad for other people while still trying uses. to be a top guy that doesn't yeah. work you can't it doesn't do that work. Right. you can't do both right. and refused to turn heel while he was there which you know he had a prime opportunity to do so and be the hottest heel in the business quite frankly he booked himself in the corner where he couldn't be the champion anymore um or or, or vie for that is the actual AEW championship and that angle he did where MJF threw the towel in for him. So, but I think that one of two things, ultimately going back to this main event for SummerSlam, we're either working toward or positioning ourselves for a Cody comeback, winning the Royal Rumble, facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, or we're positioning ourselves for The Rock. And how do we get there? I don't know. I'm kind of tired of the run-in mindset. Maybe they can do it as a thread throughout WrestleMania. 
and it's a pay-per-view, so you don't typically need threads, but they've never been above it doing it in the past, and they've done it well in the past on occasions. But maybe, oh, you know, we, we have a surprise for everybody here at WrestleMania and not say who it is. He comes out, acts like he's going to be like master of ceremonies, that type of thing. So people are like aware that he's here and then creates yeah. a lot of buzz, a lot of chatter throughout the show. That'd be cool. He randomly runs into people in the back, gives the rub to him, back to the Montez Ford thing. Maybe he can do an in-person thing with Montez. That'd be great. Talk some shit. You know, maybe pump them up for their match. Uh, Maybe he can get in the middle of an interaction there, like, you know, the Usos being his cousins and shit, too. You know, maybe have a little say-so there. A lot lot can be done to get to where they need to get, is my point. Oh, for sure. There's multiple ways that they can go. And I'm good with either, but eventually, as long as Cody is wearing the world title at some point. (laughs) But I think it's a real possibility that, you know, that Theory cashes in and perhaps does it successfully. I don't, I'm not hanging my hat on that, but I think it's a real possibility that it could happen. Then you couldn't complain about them putting over new talent. Right. And that would be one hell of a way to reset things with Vince gone and to really come out the gate strong and say, Hey, you know, things are, things are different here, but also you can make the argument in the other way that because theory has been portrayed as Vince's guy on TV, especially his Vince's handpicked selection. Right. Right. But one glaring thing that we haven't mentioned too, with this card, there's a lot of names absent. There's not a Ray Mysterio on this card. There's not a Finn Balor. There's not a Damian Priest. There's not a Drew McIntyre as well. Where's Seamus and his gang? You know, these are people that have the been new day. on everything. The New Day. You know, they recently announced Big E. Again, that's another injury to mention. But, you know, he broke his neck on SmackDown a few months back. Looking like he might not ever have a career again. But things started to look promising. Had some setbacks. They've now announced that Big E is a, a part of running the tryouts for WWE. So he's got a office job. And in the for him. So he's going to be working behind the scenes with WWE. Maybe they bring him out, you know, as a goodwill type thing at the show as well at SummerSlam. Be yeah. a good opportunity. But a lot of names missing from the from the card. Cody, of course, because of an injury, as we've mentioned many times. Maybe they show up in the pre-show, what have you. But I, it's hard for me to believe that they're going to eat up TV time with a 20-year celebration with Rey Mysterio and that not launch into something for SummerSlam. I could maybe, I mean, have a kickoff match. He's got to be on the card. It's Rey Mysterio. But the problem with the kickoff matches is you don't get uh, royalties on the programs because they don't go on to DVD sales. Oh, shit. So he wouldn't get royalties for SummerSlam. Yeah. For just being there. If he does get on SummerSlam and it's on the pre-show. That's one of the big arguments that's been over the years with the talents is if you're on the pre-show, you do not get a part. You're not a part of the royalties on the DVD sales and shit. That was one of the big gripes that I believe Daniel Bryan had one year because I believe it was like a U.S. title match that got put in the pre-show. I know that was definitely an argument from Austin Aries and, at the time, Neville, now Pac. That happened to them where they put their cruiserweight match. Mm-hmm. And then that was either at WrestleMania or SummerSlam. They put it in the pre-show, and they had one of the best matches that night. But yeah, I believe that was on the West Coast whenever they had that a few years back. that They walked out. Neville walked out the following week, especially after he had to get in shit with Enzo and all that other stuff. So, But a lot of names missing from the card. Maybe something happens, but definitely... The table has to be set for the head of the table to get to oh, WrestleMania. Yeah. Absolutely. Starting with SummerSlam. It sounds like it's not going to be bad, but it sounds pretty good. It sounds, it, it, it's not the most exciting SummerSlam, but we'll see. I, I'll i still watch. With the opportunities that yeah. could come out of it. it Hopefully could, there's be. some big shit that happens. So This is what, 
second, third biggest pay-per-view of all of wrestling for oh, the yeah. entire yeah. year. Easily. This is the biggest pay-per-view of the summer for sure. Yeah, like, it was without question. It's going to have the most eyes, the most viewers. You know, I it's been completely evident that Peacock memberships jumped whenever the network exclusively went to them. Well, did you see what Spectrum did? They included it as part of services. Yeah, didn't they? like so now if you sign up for Spectrum TV, you get a year of Peacock. The cock, you get a year of the cock. You get a year of cock. Yeah. So you get all the cock you want, regardless of whether or not you want no. it. Yeah. You That's just take, un- you just take a lot cock of cock for a year. Yeah. And I'm used to and taking then you a lot pay of cock. For, <laughs> well, then you got to pay for that cock. Especially from, from Spectrum. Well, they hook you because of how good the cock can be occasionally right. throughout the year. Right. <laughs> and then if you really want the cock, you got to pay for it after that. Right. It's like, yeah, you, you can demo the cock, but if you really love the cock, you got to pay for and it. And if you really shit. love it, you can pay for it to get it in different ways, you know. You right. can pay you can get like it. for half the cock with the commercials, but right. you can get double the cock without commercials. Right. <laughs> There's so. just so much cock. Clip that. Yeah. <laughs> Clip that. So Peacock, uh, we're expecting the royalty checks. Yeah. Now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> You're going to do the, the whole setup. ATI is just peacock and bro- stuff everywhere. <laughs> we'll have cocks everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we're used to that. This is kind of a sausage fest. We yeah. got like one girl <laughs> listener out of our entire demographic. <laughs> oh, come on, ladies. <laughs> ladies, listen to us. <laughs> we're talking about so many interesting things like yeah. hair, makeup, beauty, nails, feet. Next week. <laughs> feet. <laughs> 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 we got some fans of feed to listen to the show that's for sure oh shit i believe that we've got it all covered for SummerSlam, boys anything we're missing uh no uh i'm excited to watch and uh thanks for having me on again oh, and, always huh? i'm uh ati podcast follow them everywhere yeah we're thankful for having you and your knowledge man yes, yeah i always sure. like listening to you guys talk about this shit Appreciate <laughs> i love it, it. always uh, a good time and uh, we'll definitely be doing something for SummerSlam, but maybe something before that. You know, I I think they finally announced All Out, which is the big the biggest AEW pay per view. Yeah, I have no idea what the card is though. They haven't even gotten to announce any match for that yet. So, so it's still in the works. Yeah. So maybe as we get closer to that, we might format perhaps an ATI special and bring Jake back on okay. for that. But we'll definitely yeah, be doing yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely be doing a Royal Rumble one when that comes around as well. So, but that'll be at the end of the year, going into the new year. Thank you guys for tuning in with us this week. We appreciate it. Anybody that was live with us on Twitch, thanks for watching for as long or as little as you did. And hopefully we'll be able to bring you some more content across our various platforms before we get off here. I can't express enough thanks for anybody that tuned in for the waxing on RJ. Uh, oh, waxing yes. on with yes. RJ, that is. Yes, thank you guys so much for the shares and yep. the support on that. Comments that we got, interactions that we got with regards to that. Of course, it's going to be exclusively on the ATI podcast youtube channel as well as the ati podcast community on facebook so yep. those will be the two places at which that you can see it yeah check out some some new music man some stuff you probably never heard of i promise you rich had two <laughs> selections out there tomb sentinel as well as fossilization fucking tomb sentinel. both were Fantastic, fucking good yeah and we had a lot of interactions from both of them as yeah, well as life after those guys records. are really good dudes like they're really nice yeah they've been nothing but cool with us you know talking about their shit and you know sharing the thanks and the support so love you guys for that thank a you a lot of private messages from those bands thanking us on multiple occasions and the record label and resharing our stories right. and links so you guys kick ass that helps everybody it. yeah yep. for sure if, yeah. One, if you tell one person that helps you know one stream, you know, right. buy a tape. Like I'm all for, you know, that's like, you know, 
Yeah. It helps for everybody from the bottom to the top. And right. we've already seen a lot of subsequent action on account of it. We had a band reach out to us wanting to be on the podcast with multiple thousands of followers here yeah. in the Midwest, Midwest Lust. Yep. So I'll be looking forward to having them on the podcast here before long. And uh, we just, we like to promote underground artists, people on the rise, people that you may not have heard of, but are on the quick track yeah, to just success. expose people to stuff they may not be aware of. You know, that's what it is for me. I love it. And Ridge is kind of zoning in on that with waxing on with RJ in particular, and he's kind of taking that torch and running with it. So we'll be doing some cross promotion stuff with him still yet, but he'll be using our platform to kind of talk about bands and put a spotlight on bands that maybe you haven't heard of. And so with that just coming out here in the last few days, I'll be looking forward to the next episode as well in the coming week. So check out waxing on, with RJ, it is in our links, bios, stories, everything plastered yeah. all over our social media. For this week, I'm Barry Insane. I'm underscore Joshua Welch on Instagram. I'm not even going to list my Twitter because, guys, I'm just like, I'm not active <laughs> on Twitter at all, and I apologize yeah. for Come that. on, get with it, Josh. I know, it's bad, man. Twit times. I have twit. Instagram and the Facebook I got, but the Twitter, man, I just, I'm yeah. so bad about I hear you. But anyway. And uh, we are out of time. Until next time, we'll catch you. This has been the ATI Podcast. Stay safe out there. Good night and good luck. Hey, this is Josh from ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ATI Podcast 22. On Twitter at podcast underscore ATI. On Instagram at the ATI Podcast. On TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at ATI Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there.